Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Chris Hart and Gary Dickman, the Sports Animals, on ESPN Honolulu. Compliment Day. Yes, it's finally here. World Compliment Day. I'm going to give you a compliment. You have to think of one, don't Sorry. you? <laughs> I was going to take okay. one from Seinfeld. You You're a... so good looking. That's a very nice T-shirt you're wearing today. Where did you get it, Gary? Hey, I just got a. Pa- I was leaving my house yesterday, and a guy from UPS was literally in my doorway, handing me an envelope from Iona, and they hooked me up with four really, really cool uh, Iona basketball shirts. So, yeah, really, really cool. They gave me some when they were here, and the guy once mentioned he would send me something. I I didn't even expect it anymore, and they gave me some nice ones. So, yes, Iona basketball nine game winning streak. Wow, that's. Re- would you would you say that uh, who's the coach of Iona basketball? Rick Patino, and he's your friend. Oh yeah, we texted a few weeks ago. You know and what he see, texted? That's a, that was oh in a way that was a compliment. <laughs> was a, I was saying, look how look how what a wonderful person you are. You know a great guy, a great human being like Rick Patino. Chris, 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 you got World Compliment Day mixed up with World Backhanded Compliment Day. There's two different things. Totally, totally. <laughs> you can you, you can compliment me now. Now go. You, here's your compliment. Well, you're not that fat. You can well, say that to me, and I'd say, "Oh, thank uh, you for the compliment." You are the most knowledgeable sports person that I'm, ta- that I'm talking to right now. That's a backhanded compliment right there, right there. Oh, man. Yep. <sighs> okay, let's go. Uh, top headlines, we've got Rainbow Warrior Volleyball tonight. Pepperdine's in town. Number seven, Pepperdine. And uh, we got some action at uh, Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's going to be an hour and 42-minute match in the sweep tonight. You know, the last week was an you're, hour 32, an hour sweet, 37. Huh? Oh, of course. How can yeah. you not? How can you not predict a sweep with this team? Until proven otherwise. See, yeah, but you might be getting a little crazy there with the sweep talk. Uh, you know, watch this uh, team? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what I'm wondering? Is Jakob Teller going to play tonight? Yeah, and I'm t- we're hoping to get Tiff Wells on the show tomorrow. We'll be doing the broadcast, obviously, tonight t- tonight and Friday. But, yeah, that's a concern, I think. And Charlie talked about it at last week's call, the coach, that, you know, he does have some knee issues. You know, it's out of caution that they're keeping him out, but they've been keeping him out a long time. And I guess it's smart, even if it's just something minor. But And I hope it's nothing more. We have no reason to believe it's anything more. But tonight is against the seventh-ranked team in Pepperdine. It's not Concordia yeah. Irvine. It's not LIU. This is a... One of the probably the best team they played this year. Stanford was ranked at the time, but Pepperdine uh, is the real deal. So I, I am curious about that as well. 
Okay, uh, Aaron Rodgers, as we know, has uh, emerged from the dark, and the big new- he was on a uh, um, a podcast uh, talking about his, you know his his decision that he has to make, and the big news is that it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't Pat McAfee's podcast. He changed podcasters. Wow, that was the big news. Wouldn't it be funny if he makes a decision and said, "I've decided to take my talents to South Beach." <laughs> Actually, it wouldn't be funny because we have a quarterback there. Well, they have a quarterback. There. It, yeah, the, he's in the in his in his uh, um, in this uh, podcast. He 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 realizes the whole Brett Favre situation. He says, "I remember before Favre retired, there were times in April and May we weren't sure if he was going to come back because he didn't come to any of the off-season program." Sound familiar? Yes. Then in 2008, he actually did retire in March and then said, no, 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 in June after OTAs. I actually want to come back and play. That's when they traded to the Jets. So there's obviously a lot of tension that summer. You know, Aaron Rodgers can do whatever he wants, but he's got to make a decision. I mean, for the team's sake, the, the league the league year starts March 15th, is it? March Free 15th? agency starts March 15th. The year starts, I believe, no, no, on March 15th. But- fourth i believe the, the year but free agency is on the 15th okay that's free agency begins when the league year begins i believe but anyway okay. We're, okay. we're talking about a couple of days it, it, you you got to make a decision by then at least i mean you got the combine coming up you, your team needs to know what to do i mean sorry it's a tough decision for you but you got to make a decision it, it, it's it's it, it, at some point, you have to take into you have to take into consideration the people you work with, your teammates, the fans, the org- the NFL. I mean, it's more than just about you. You got to make a decision. And I doubt, to me at least, in my opinion, I doubt that the next ten days or so are going to determine what he does. He's got to have a good idea about it by now, if not a definite idea. But maybe he's doing things on his terms. Uh, and we'll, you know, have it unveiled the way he wants to. I don't think it'll be a big production or anything like that. So there were, I don't know if it's accurate, but there was talk last week that he put his house up for sale in the Green Bay area. That would be an yeah, indicator. Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. It well, it could really, be something. It? Yeah, it could mean he's, he's not going to live there next year, which means he won't be playing there next year. Yeah, actually, with the way real estate prices are right now, I mean, he could get a lot more if he waited until the market kind of rebounded. <laughs> but... But you know, it, uh, but yeah, I, I, this is the this is the Brett Favre situation all over again. It really is. It yeah, we just need Rachel Nichols following him around everywhere he goes in Green Bay, like she did with <laughs> Brett Favre back then. I I mean, we don't know for sure, of course. I can't imagine on any level at all, Chris, that he's going to step away from fifty nine point three million or whatever it is exactly around there. That's one thing. I I also don't think yeah. that he wants to retire. I know this sounds crazy to some people that he's going to retire the same year as Tom Brady and go in the Hall of Fame there. I know it sounds kind of crazy that he's that kind of ego. Is that really what he's about? But it makes some sense yeah. if you watch him over the years. If he's got kind okay. of a me guy, that does make some sense. I, he Okay, the Green Bay Packers are not going to go to the Super Bowl next year. They don't have the defense. They, you know, the, the Lions could be a better team next year than the Green Bay Packers. They were last year. So what worries me is if, if you're a Packers fan is that uh, Aaron Rodgers, even if he decides to stay, 
does he sound like he's 100% ready to go? It sounds like he's wondering exactly what you said. You know, it sounds like he doesn't want to play, but there's a lot of money at stake, and my legacy of retiring, you know, being in the Hall of Fame the same year as Tom Brady, if that's what's holding this thing up, if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I see if if the Jets or somebody want to make a trade. I really do. I don't think, even if he comes back, I don't think he's 100% in. Yeah, it would hard to it would be hard to believe that he is, and maybe he is thinking about what team he wants to go to. Uh, what is the best situation? I mean, the rumors are basically Vegas and the Jets, right? I mean, we haven't heard any other teams being mentioned as far as possible destinations. Uh, according to other reports, and I think one of them was from Adam Schefter, Green Bay Packers are quote disgusted with him, and that's a pretty heavy word right there to describe a guy who's only won one Super Bowl but multiple MVPs. He's one of your best players of all time if they are really feeling like that. And that's not surprising with everything you and I have talked about. And you brought up most of it yesterday about, you know, him missing the OTAs and all the history. We know recent history right, right, right. of not being all in. Right. And, 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 okay, so, of course, it's no surprise that the organization is disgusted is a strong word but upset at him. Because, like we said, he's doing exactly what Brett Favre did. And we know how everybody felt about the Brett Favre situation. He's just, it's history repeating itself. And uh, what, you think they're not going to be there? be like, oh, no, hey, you're the, one of the greatest. Uh, you take your time. No. we got to move on. The league's starting up again. Let's go. Brett Favre was not welcomed back with open arms initially. When he left, he was. It wasn't like everybody was that sad because of how he handled things. And you're right with the similarities there. Uh, I don't think I don't know if Aaron Rodgers cares about it. I'm sure he does. He doesn't want to be viewed as a bad person or a villain after you know for, after leaving. If he does, so I, I think there are similarities where. And again, he has mentioned it himself, and that was not a happy ending for Brett Favre as far as Green Bay is concerned. It took him a yeah. while before he came back, and they welcomed him and had a ceremony and all that good stuff for him. Yeah, just don't show up anywhere in public in Mississippi. That about Brett to say, Favre, yeah, 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 yes. Uh, all right, it. as uh, we move on, I don't know if you caught this in the uh, Honolulu Star advertiser yesterday, but. Uh, it seems like the uh, the cost of the new Aloha Stadium is going up already. <laughs> what a shock! Oh boy, <sighs> Governor How many times Green, will you be saying this in the next yeah, year or two? G- Governor Green. Okay, so um, initially he was on the Spotlight Hawaii program. That's uh, something the Star Advertiser does of yes. a video deal they do. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I want to check it out. So on this is. Um, he initially said the new Aloha Stadium could cost four hundred million to four hundred fifty million, and then later on, I guess in the in the show, he says it's going to be under five hundred million. Okay, so remember that number. I'm not putting this on the governor because I don't know exactly how this works. Um, it would have been cheaper if Glenn Mackay had actually, um, you know, d- did the bill the the correct way the first time and didn't have it delayed a year. But um, it's – I just hope in, in five years they go, hey, you know what? This thing is costing $800 million because of supply chain or whatever, whatever it is. Just remember that number. Remember the original number for the rail? I don't. But it, it was – Doubled it at was, least. Right. And, that was, and we're still not done. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, so now it's, uh, it's under $500 million. 
for an Aloha Stadium that could use by children, high school students, and concert goers, and possibly attract international rugby and U.S. soccer. Yeah. That's the right thing to say. I mean, it has a nice sound to it with children involved and everything like that. And I'll, I'll say what I've said for the last how many months. Wake me when they break ground. Wake me when it opens up. Because I, I don't have faith that it's going to open up in 2027. And I'm not surprised for the first time you mentioned the price inc- or the cost increase. And I just think it's going to be – and, I'm not again, I'm not blaming anybody either. I think that's just the cost of doing business. Everything – and it's probably not – I know it's not unique to here in Hawaii. It's around the country as well. Everything goes up. Everything seems to be underestimated as far as timing and price. And maybe more so with things we've taken a look at, mainly the rail yeah. uh, and some other ventures that uh, just seem to cost a lot more than originally planned. I think as a, as a collective, I think we as a group, because it's not Governor Green. He has nothing to do with the rail or H3 or building Rainbow Walking, a softball stadium or anything else. But I think just we here in Hawaii, we're just really bad at that. We're bad at, we're bad at building stuff. We're not very good. Now, the, uh, uh, the governor probably wearing his reverse print Aloha shirt and a sport <laughs> coat over it, suggested that this is from the Star Advertiser, uh, Dan uh, Nakaso, suggested the future of Aloha Stadium is connected to the Senate confirmations of some of his other cabinet nominees, including Chris Sanayasu, uh, to run the uh, d- uh, D-bed. Uh, Keith Reagan the comptroller for Department of Accounting, blah, blah, blah. What, what he's getting at is he's saying, DBED is already playing a key role in the future of Aloha Stadium. Get this. I can't build a stadium if I don't have a DAGS director and if I don't have a land use group and I don't have the people in place on housing. So he's trying to get, remember he was trying to get Ikaika Anderson in and they, they you know, Ikaika Anderson eventually just said, hey, I'm not in, you know, forget it. I don't want to, everyone, nobody likes me, and I don't want to do it anyway. <laughs> so so what, 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 what the governor is saying is, hey, I want to move forward, but this is a political thing. I, I, you, you won't let me hire the people I want to move, hire, so I can't move forward. I'd love to hear what the other guy, the, the people in the ledge have to say about that or the city council or whoever is doing all of this stuff. Yeah, I did, right? yeah, I did yeah, see that over the city weekend. It wouldn't be the, wouldn't be the city council, I don't think. Anyway, you see, you see, so he's saying, hey, I want to move forward, guys. Everybody, I want to move forward. They won't let me. It's, it's just politics all over again, I guess. One of his, wasn't one of his slogans where you can't keep doing things the same way, the old way's not working, word to that, that effect? That's, 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 that's every politician. Yeah, every really. politician against an incumbent, that's what they say. It's time for change. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> 17 minutes after the hour with the sports animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Weather-wise, today it's going to be, actually today and tomorrow going to be windy with more passing showers. We'll have a traffic update next on ESPN Honolulu. Happy Wet Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, check it out, golfers. You can sign up for the Cinco de Mayo Charity Golf Tournament, uh, of course, May 5th, at Coppola Golf Course. Now, four chan- uh, four golfers will have a chance to win a million dollars, and everyone will have a shot at winning a Ram truck. Uh, to get details, visit givinghopehawaii.org. 
Uh, Giving Hope Hawaii uh, provides food and support for those in need on the windward side. So they got a big Cinco de Mayo golf tournament. Great golf course out at Kapolei. Don't go in the rough. I won't. We did our show there once. A few, it was several years ago. Now we did. We our did. Show there, I yeah, there was a. Uh, I think it was a benefit for UA. Some kind of. I'm not sure which. If it was a booster found uh, deal or some kind of foundation having a benefit thing going on, and we did our show there. I remember. Oh wow! All right, eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. The number to text or call in this morning. Uh, I believe we've got more uh, Rainbow Warrior volleyball tickets to give away, don't we? I believe we do, yes. And, uh, again, number seven team in Pepperdine tonight. So the competition is starting to get a lot tougher, really, for the rest of the season, including the NCAA tournament in May. And I, I'm already penciling that in. But, yeah, Pepperdine tonight and tomorrow. You know, one of the uh, other headlines, I think, also UH basketball. And uh, we are in March. So it, it, March Madness technically started a couple of days ago around the country. But for Hawaii basketball, uh, it, it's it's really something that with two games left in the season, that after tomorrow, we might not have a clearer picture of where Hawaii's going to end up. For both, well, especially for the men, even for the women. With one game left, teams are going to be so bunched up, as we've said, five teams within one game of each other, of first place. Three, three in t- tied for first, 13-5, and five, and then you have Hawaii and Fullerton at 12 and 6. That's incredible to say that. So, yeah, these games uh, are going to mean a lot. CSUN tomorrow. And uh, again, a game that Hawaii should win, but there is no such thing as you know, penciling in or should win in this conference, especially this year. The latest we hear about Bernardo da Silva is that he's day to day. He's on the trip, of course, and they hope that he will play. But it doesn't, you can't really sense either way whether he will or won't. It's probably going to be what they call a game time decision. You know, I like how the, the, the bows are trending on the road this year. What is their road record? I, I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot, but it's it's it it seems isn't it better than five hundred on the road this year? It's got I, mean, be I know a- the last couple of trips it seems we've split at home and swept on the road. Yeah, they, they, I'll think, I'll get in just a second. They have done a good job on the road. I mean, they swept the road trip the last time they were out where they beat Long Beach State and CSU Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And especially with Long Beach State, that is saying a lot. So, yeah, they, they've done a really good job on the road. I mean, when you have a good record like, you know, 12 and 6, you should have a good road record. But that's not, that hasn't always been the case. So, the two game winning streak on the road. Let's hope it's three tonight. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow uh, night, excuse me. Uh huh. Uh, and uh, uh, also tomorrow for the Rainbow Wahine. Uh, let's go Wahine. Yeah, as we had Laura Beeman on yesterday, they really have a chance of getting in third or fourth place. They could drop to fifth. But as Laura Beeman said, you're looking at the possible opponent. They have a little bit of a clearer picture as far as who they might play. I, I have a feeling it's going to be UC Davis. Hawaii and UC Davis combined have won, I believe, the last seven Big West championships. So Whoa. Davis has been really good. Hawaii's won two. Davis has won at least the other four, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they are in fifth place right now, right behind Hawaii. So, again, fourth and fifth doesn't matter, really, when you look at the uh, tournament. But it could be them. But if they get to the third place, they have a chance to play somebody a little bit lesser. Because I, th- I know Davis, even though they're not as good as they normally are as far as being a first-place team, they're still one of those teams, you know, you know, you'd probably rather not face all things being equal at the conference tournament. They will play their first game next Wednesday. For the men, it will be in the quarterfinals on Thursday. Wow. Uh, Tanner is reporting that Hawaii is 5-3 and three on the road. That's pretty, that's pretty good for any University of Hawaii athletic team. 
Definitely, right? definitely. Uh, I, I think that's really – when you beat two, you beat a first-place team in Riverside, they were in first when Hawaii beat them on the road. Uh, now it was two months ago, well, in January. So they, they have done pretty well on the road. They had an overtime loss at Fullerton. So, yeah, I think they've been a lot better than maybe in previous years. And, uh, I, I mean, I hope they get at least a split this week. That will go a long way if they can somehow get a sweep – and I think it's possible. Santa Barbara has been struggling of late. Although our guest coming up in 10 minutes, John Gassaway from ESPN.com, he and his buddies there predicted the conference tournament winner in every conference, and he predicted Santa Barbara in the Big West. We'll ask him <laughs> why. Okay. Uh, so we are going to talk uh, college basketball in a few minutes with John. But uh, speaking of college athletics, the NCAA – is looking at, we mentioned this yesterday, we touched on this yesterday, but we saw how Major League Baseball is trying to shorten uh, the baseball games. And the NCAA, is uh, they have a panel, and they're trying to shorten college football games. I did not know that college football games, the average college football games, uh, last three hours and 21 minutes. Unless when June Jones is coaching, they last four hours and 21 minutes because of all the passing. <laughs> We've had Hawaii games back then when June was coaching that were like 345, and I think there were a couple of close to four-hour games. When yeah. I worked at sports bars before, I used to remember college football was usually right around three and a half hours, NFL around 315, close enough to that. But I wonder about how do the TV networks feel about this if you're going to be shortening the game? Because wouldn't that mean less commercial time as well? Well, I don't know, uh, I, I, w- but maybe it makes the product more attractive so people will watch till the end of the game. Maybe after a while they're like, this thing's only in the third quarter. i got to go mow the lawn. Could be, could be. That's one of the things I thought about with that. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind it being a little uh, little faster, a little, you know, moving it up a little bit. I, I mean, it doesn't bore me, and I don't want to say it bores me, but baseball games, and you touched upon it yesterday, we're in agreement on that. Baseball games are have been way too long. Uh, in the last decade or so, when you have three and a half hour games, one of the Boston Red Sox pitchers uh, was Matt. Bar- I think it's Mike, Matt or Mike Barnes. He's on Tampa now. He said last year he was with the Yankees. Uh, he was on the Red Sox. They were playing the Yankees, and there was a nine inning game. And I forget the length, but I think he said it was about three hours and forty five minutes. And there's something about the Yankees and Red Sox where those games always seem to be three and a half hours. They've been on Sunday night a lot over the last couple of years. They have big markets, big rivalry. I know some people might not like it, but they have been on Sundays a lot. And those games are always so, so long. And it's not an extra inning game. It's not an 18-9 to game. These are like five to three games. And it's just too much. So some of the things baseball's doing, we can get into that a little bit later, shortening the game, I think is a good thing, even though it's kind of weird and it'll be different, especially for the traditionalist of baseball. But for college football, I, I don't really think for the most part that it's too long. Uh, three and a half hours isn't too bad. And I think one of the reasons, it's the main reason, I guess, that it's longer than an NFL game is that you stop the clock on first down, at least for a little while, where the NFL, of course, they don't. Uh, I think that might be the biggest reason why it's a little bit longer. I would also think that college football games are probably a little bit more high-scoring 
than NFL games as well. But, you know, if they can do anything to make it better for the fan experience, I think everybody's on board with that. Some of the changes we'll just have to get used to, like we do for everything else, and it'll be routine uh, after a while. So uh, looking forward to that. If uh, They do shorten it, and I am curious about that. I've been getting it safer. That's one thing. Uh, when we're talking about TV and shortening of games, one thing I did say, and I'll get Chris's opinion on this in just a second, the, uh, the ratings – uh, for the XFL, at least, and Live Golf have been really, really bad. And the XFL has had two weeks. Their ratings dropped by over 50%, more than they dropped the last than the last time around when they had the XFL. And for Live Golf, and I had even forgotten it was going on last week, maybe because there's so many other things going on, but that really took a backseat as well. Their ratings were just awful. Awful, awful. But it is March, which means it is March Madness, so we got a lot to talk about with college basketball tournaments, everybody's regular season will end by this Sunday. Hey, attention golfers, sign up for the Cinco de Mayo Charity Golf Tournament May 5th at the Coppola Golf Course. Chris told you about it before, and that sounds like a really cool event with a lot of great prizes at stake as well. All right, John Gassaway is coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, let's get into it. March Madness is here. John Cassaway, ESPN.com, right now. John, I know it sounds great just hearing that it is March. March Madness officially started a couple of days ago with some of the other conference tournaments. I'll start with this. Who do you have right now as the bubble team, the team that can either make their way in or play themselves out with a little over a week left before the Selection Sunday show? Excellent question. Too many uh, candidates to mention. <laughs> during a uh, during a, a tidy uh, interview, but let's start with uh, some of the usual suspects and uh, look at teams like Oklahoma State that has fallen on our hard times, uh, North Carolina most famously, mm-hmm. although they've won a couple in a row, they're they're still more or less in the same spot. Uh, staying in the staying in the ACC. Uh, North Carolina State is uh, looking a little more shaky than they used to. And uh, these are the kinds of teams that we're looking at. There are teams that are trying to move up, but uh, those are the ones that are are trying to stick in the field or play their way just across the line. And so much is going to happen. Uh, We've got 11 days uh, until Selection Sunday. That's an eternity, so a lot of basketball left to be played. I know North Carolina, as you mentioned, they beat Florida State the other day. Florida State is not that good this year. But isn't it kind of cool in a way that North Carolina's future or their chance of playing in the NCAA tournament might come down to the Duke game coming up? Yeah. I mean, that. Uh, how often do we get to see uh, North Carolina Duke be a, a bubble game? It's a bubble game, of course, for the Tar Heels alone. Uh, Duke is already a, a lock at Bubble Watch at ESPN. But uh, the Tar Heels need that. They'll be playing at home. Uh, if they lost, that would be a problem in any year, more so this year because the ACC is so weak. It's very unusual. Ordinarily, we would say, oh, no problem, North Carolina, go to Greensboro, go to the ACC tournament, win some games, go on a run. Uh, depending on the bracket, which is very much up in the air, uh, the team that the Tar Heels get first off 
first out of the box will not be a great deal of help to their tournament chances. And even after a potential win, they still might not be facing somebody that's going to give them a nice boost. So they could really use that win against Duke in addition to, oh, it's an ancient rival and they want to anyway. It would really help their tournament chances. You mentioned how the ACC is kind of weak. And if I had six or seven guesses before I looked this up the other day, I would never have guessed that the first place team in the ACC is Pittsburgh. I had to give a double take, and I know they've been playing better and they're ranked this week, but I would not have guessed them. I would have guessed maybe a Virginia or maybe even a Miami who's up there, but that is just something when you think about Pittsburgh being the number one team in that conference, and it is a weak conference overall compared to recent years. I also want to ask you, John, about Kentucky. I know they are ranked. They've been playing better of late. Are they a bubble team? No, they're not a bubble team uh, anymore. They were uh, as recently as two weeks ago little more than two weeks and they've been playing much better and it's it's funny how these things swing because they were absolutely a bubble team they easily could have missed the tournament entirely if they kept on the track they were on and now of all things kentucky is actually being underrated by the mock brackets how often do you get to say that about a uk team uh mock brackets have them about a seven and that's that's really too low. Uh, they're, they're holding uh, a bad loss at home against South Carolina, which mm. was, that was a terrible loss. But you're talking about a team that swept Tennessee uh, that's been looking fantastic lately. They would be one of the strongest seven seeds uh, we've seen in a long time. We'll have to see where they actually uh, land, but uh, they're safely in the tournament at this point. We are talking college basketball with John Gassaway from ESPN.com with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. Who would you have as of right now, and I know it can change because it's been changing every week in the rankings, but who would you have as the four number one seeds as of today? Well, certainly uh, Alabama and Houston would have to do some very extreme and dire things to fall out of a one seed. Uh, Kansas is looking increasingly that way. Past that, it gets interesting. Um, I know that people uh, have feelings about UCLA, who just looks beautiful in terms of the numbers. If, if you're doing it strictly by what's on the team sheets that the NCAA uses, it, it would pretty much be done and dusted as far as UCLA. But uh, a lot of uh, a lot of support for Purdue. Uh, maybe another Big 12 team, and uh, Gonzaga has been looking uh, very good of late. They can't get all the way to the one line, but uh, there will be some fun discussions around those uh, four top seeds. There always is that kind of uh, debate, and it's, it's part of the sport. I love it. What is your opinion on how Alabama handled the situation, especially last week with Brandon Miller? I know he played, actually had two really good games last week, and I believe it was an overtime win at South Carolina. But, you know, the pat down for the starting lineup, just how Alabama handled it, at least from their perspective. I understand that the whole pat down thing uh, was, some, uh, was a ritual that they were already doing with Brandon Miller. I, I get that. You still should have stopped it, uh, and I understand that Nate Oates probably didn't know about that. I, I get that completely. It's <laughs> They shut off all the lights. The, the head coach is busy when the intros are being made, and he's, he's not watching that. I get all of that, but it was still uh, the whole uh, trajectory of the story was surpassingly odd, mainly in the sense that there was no uh, – 
acknowledgement or apology forthcoming either from the program or from Miller himself about the circumstances and um, he missed no time at all which is which is very strange uh, in I would think any uh, garden variety major conference program you would simply say you know we're, we're sitting him at least for this one game while we look into this uh, that never happened and the whole attitude um, including Coach Nate Oates, his initial statement, which he later apologized for, the, the whole approach was, was far too cavalier, uh, given the gravity of the situation, which is, of course, much greater than uh, a game where we put a ball through a hoop. So it was an unfortunate uh, series of events uh, that uh, Alabama did in its own right, compounding a tragic uh, event in itself. I looked at ESPN.com and I saw where you and your colleagues picked the conference tournament winner from every conference around the country. And for the Big West, where Hawaii is a part of it, I was hoping you'd pick Hawaii, but you picked Santa Barbara, who is very, very good. They've been struggling a little (laughs) bit of late. Can you tell us why you have the Gauchos there? Well, first of all, I heard that pain groan. <laughs> I just want to uh, I just want to say off the top, I, I was wrong. I wish I had that pick back. Uh, clearly, it's going to be Hawaii. But uh, I, I have I was uh, I was biased by my uh, experience as the guy who's responsible for doing bubble watch, and that's that's what that's what steered me to the Couchos because as part of that exercise and uh, placing teams every day. I look at the top 100 teams every day just so I can spot who's coming from uh, beyond the bubble. And although we would never have occasion to talk about UCSB uh, at Bubble Watch, they're not that close to an at-large, they have consistently been on my top 100 radar, and uh, I, I give them full credit for that. So... I went with the Gauchos, but now I realize the the error of my way. <laughs> and say, go Hawaii. Okay, <laughs> we'll definitely take that. Okay, and also, in your opinion, John, right now, is there a team, is there a school out there that people aren't talking about? Maybe not a Final Four team, but a team that can do some damage come tournament time. Yeah, I'm tempted to say Houston, because nobody's talking about mm. the number one team in the country. Uh, they're... <laughs> They're in a conference for the last year, this year. Uh, next year, they'll join the Big 12. Imagine a team this good in the Big 12. But they're still in the American. People don't tend to watch their games day in, day out. Uh, they are very good, and so they will get a one seed. They will uh, be a favorite in terms of the uh, the odds that come out. Uh, they'll, they'll be right there at the top. So we definitely need to be talking about them. At the other end of that extreme, uh, I've already touched on Kentucky. I think they'll be a little better than their seed says. Uh, same for Arkansas, also out of the mm. SEC. They've got a highly touted uh, first-year player that got a really, really late start getting going in terms of uh, Nick Smith Jr., but he, he looks good now. And uh, those are some of the, the teams that are stronger than you might think. Lastly, uh, St. Mary's. Mm. is, as usual, uh, being kind of overshadowed by Gonzaga's strong run. But uh, they are really tough on paper and unusual uh, unusual stylistically. They would be a tough team to face uh, that you're not used to in the NCAA tournament. Hey, one last question before we let you go. It being March 1st, the NCAA has a new president in Charlie Baker. It's day one for him. What might we expect from him as far as NCAA basketball is concerned? 
Right. I mean, just to be the provincial uh, basketball guy that I am, the the most momentous uh, process that he will definitely be there for, even though it's, it's a couple years or so down the line, uh, there'll be a new uh, rights deal for the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's, it's been with CBS since 1982. It's been with CBS Turner uh, for a shorter time than that because Turner didn't exist back in 1982. But uh, th- that will be opened up. And for the first time, you know, in addition to all the usual suspects in terms of media companies, you'll, you'll see players like Apple, Amazon, you name it, that they'll be going after that with all of their resources. And that is a highly valuable media property. Uh, Advertisers love March Madness, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, CBS can can hold on to it after all these years. Kind of a tradition unlike any other. Well, that's actually the Masters, but that comes right after the Final (laughs) Four. It's a great time of the year for college basketball fans like you and myself and millions of others. Can't wait for the tournament to start, but next 11 days, as you said, are going to be really intense and exciting. John, always great to talk college hoops with you. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. All right. Thank you so much. John Gassaway from ESPN. Yes. What a nice man. Yes. He's a good guy. He's one of the uh, college basketball experts, I guess. That's his sport at ESPN.com. He does a great job there, except for picking Santa Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) He changed his mind. He realized the error of his ways. (laughs) Yes. Uh, John appears via the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia, see ya in a Kia. Uh, we're a little late with this breaking news. It happened about an hour ago. Are you laughing at me? I just texted you. <laughs> yes. Did we, we didn't even mention that on the radio. That's a top headline. It, it is. It is. Somebody's not doing their job. Well, wait, wait. You can't say that on World <laughs> Compliment <laughs> Day. <laughs> I'm talking about my own self. Oh. Uh, Jalen Carter, uh, one of the uh, top players in the NFL draft uh, uh, coming up from Georgia, uh, arrest warrants have been issued for Jalen Carter in connection to that uh, fatal Georgia car crash uh, a, a few weeks ago. Uh, that and, uh, you know, the live tour seems like it's dead before it's even getting started here in 2023. That and more, plus a traffic update now on ESPN Honolulu. About 51 minutes ago, I was told of arrest warrants for NFL draft prospect Jalen Carter. And for some reason, it missed. It didn't get on the headlines. It ended up on the editing room floor, as they say. Man, this is this. It was such a sad story to hear. How long was it? A, a month ago, Gary, with the it was Georgia car crash? Late January. It was the day of their celebration of winning the national championship. And later on that night, a staffer and a, a couple of players were involved in that fatal a accident. coach. Right. So we, then they find out that the you know there was a, uh, an accident and the driver, there's a couple of people died. Um, uh, recruitment Recruiting analyst Chandler LaCroix, and a Georgia player, Devin Willock, uh, both passed away in the crash. And they found and LaCroix was driving, and uh, she was drunk. And so you thought, oh, what a horrible tragedy, of course. I mean, we're still, it's, you know, the, 
it's horrible. And now it, uh, I guess Jalen Carter originally. Now Jalen Carter is, I mean he he he'd be the best player in this draft. This is more than I can't remember the player of the Miami Dolphins who was smoking pot in a gas mask right before the draft. Offensive L- line, Laramie Tunsil, Tunsil. Yeah, and the guy's an All Pro. I mean, the guy's a great offense. It, you know, he, he dropped a little bit in the draft. This is we're talking about people dying here. And originally, Jalen Carter said, yeah, I saw the crash. I was about a mile behind them. And then later his story was, I was behind the car, right behind the car when it crashed. Seeing the taillights. And then we found out in another story that he was driving alongside them when they crashed. So they've issued a warrant for his arrest uh, for reckless driving and racing. So what this looks like, and I'm just putting two to two, two and two together, is that there were you know college kids racing cars, and it didn't end well. You know, I think of I think of um, Henry Ruggs. You know, when you hear this story, mm. and, and just you know, because Jalen Carter's already been ticketed for driving like 89 miles an hour in a 45 zone or something like that. This is usual behavior for him, and it's scary. I mean, it's scary enough driving out here in Honolulu. You don't know if you're driving on the poly, a tree's going to fall on you. You're driving in uh, in town or even in your neighborhood down your street if a light pole's not going to fall on top of a car. Right. I mean, right. you've got enough problems out there driving, period. To have a guy like this on the road is super scary. I, you know, I, it's, 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 I mean, he... He, I don't know if he could do jail time or anything like this for this, but he has been uh, warrants have, have been uh, um, put out for him. It's not I'm a good sure look for agents, him. Agents, yeah, it's not. Um, Even if he doesn't go to jail, it's not a good look for him right now. Car was the car that crashed was going a hundred miles an hour. Oh, that I didn't know. Wow. Yeah, that's just crazy. So you're alongside alongside a car that's going exactly 104 miles per hour. Anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, any kind of a developing story uh, with this. Okay, well, you, you mentioned Henry Ruggs. And, uh, again, when anybody loses a, a, their life in something like this, that's first and foremost is the worst part of any situation there. But it cost him not only – obviously he's in jail, but it cost him his career. It's a very bad look for the NFL – when you see any NFL team that are going to look be looking at Carter to draft, I, I, you would think as of right now his draft stock just dropped. Uh, I mean, you've got to be a little reluctant. If you have two guys that you're looking at, are you going to maybe pass on him? Uh, I mean, there's so many guys that not so, there's enough players that have really bad baggage and bad looks. A uh, Deshaun Watson example, teams will shy away from him, even though they're talented. This is different, but it involves life and death. Even though he wasn't involved per se in the actual act he was involved in a way uh the fact that he might have lied about it don't you think that there might be a few teams at the top that might go elsewhere as far as picking him or not picking him in the draft i don't know it's the same kind of thing i said about deshaun watson why would anyone go get deshaun watson knowing what he's done this guy's the best player in college football arguably somebody will take him he might drop a little Somebody will take him. He's still a top ten player. Because we believe in giving second chances. We're working with Jalen and his addiction to speed or something. I, I you know, I, I can hear the 
I can hear the press conference now, but um, this the, I hate to admit it because I didn't think anyone would want Deshaun Watson on their team. Right. So I just think that um, if you can play, they're going to take you. And they'll, they'll take come up with some. They'll come up with something. They'll come up with something that says, "Hey, you know what? It's okay. We're all about second chances." Henry Ruggs, well, well, again, he's in jail. He was involved more directly than Carter is. That's a yeah. He killed somebody. Yeah, that's a big difference. That's a big difference. But the fact that he has a history of going eighty-nine and forty-five zone, as you said, maybe. Uh, uh, lying about the situation. Again, it's not a good look right now. Uh, uh, maybe it'll go away in time a little bit, but I think right now it could potentially cost him money and some draft spots, at least at the top of the draft. We just, we just got a great text, and uh, thank you for texting in. Um, the texter says, why do they make cars that go 104 miles an hour? If, if there, there are some golf carts that have something on it when you're like driving down a hill or you're driving in an area of the snack bar, all of a sudden there's something that makes your car some kind of controller that you, you, you your car automatically slows down. It's a GPS thing. Why don't they make cars top speeds sixty miles an hour? It's a top speed. That's a great that's a great text. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, it is. Top headlines, and are we looking at the death already of the Live Golf Tour? That's coming up with the sports animals on this hump day on ESPN Honolulu. Happy Wet Wednesday. Good morning. It's going to be like this all day today and tomorrow. We've got some passing showers and wind. I kind of like it. It's just the road conditions, I hope, are uh, super safe out there. We'll get you updated on traffic again uh, in a few minutes and all morning long here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, uh, Top stories today that we're following is, uh, as you heard a few minutes ago, Jalen Carter, the uh, top prospect. In the NFL draft coming up, defensive lineman from Georgia, uh, arrest warrants have been sent out for him in connection uh, for lying to police in connection to that um, uh, horrific accident uh, with Georgia about a month ago. Tanner Hayworth at the Sports Animals News Desk. Tanner? So to add on to this Jalen Carter news it's not more than just someone being drafted lower whether or not he will be drafted or not there's a lot of implication that comes out from this article from the Atlanta Journal Constitution is that i think that was what it is i can't remember off yes, the top of my head yes 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 uh but so Shahan Jayaraja from CBS Sports has a good twitter thread about this uh where he talks about one the vehicle Carter used while illegally drag drag racing during the fatal incident was given to him as part of an NIL deal. So that's one thing. So maybe NILs. And Athens PD appeared to claim a one-car accident 
despite mountains of evidence from the time of the crash that there were other high-profile people involved. It's unclear any of this would have come to light if not for the AJC's reporting, and then adding on to it, the athens Clark County Police Department only issued the warrant for Carter's arrest barely an hour after the AJC's expansive story dropped. So there might be, thank you, Tanner, there might be a police cover-up is what this looks like. Ooh, I didn't think of it that, I mean, you might be right. I was just thinking of it that they just weren't aware of his involvement until the newspaper did their No, no, the police were on the scene. What he just said but was, was they, that they, 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 there were other people there, and they didn't report it. Because this entire time we've been operating in the, in, with the idea that the accident happened and that no one else was there. Yes. Yeah. And right. only now, after this report comes out, then Jalen Carter gets a arrest, uh, gets a warrant for arrest. Only barely an hour after the story dropped that he was there. By the way, another interesting thing to look at: when Kirby Smart first took the job at Georgia, this is also from Shahan Jayaraja from CBS Sports. When Kirby Smart took the job at Georgia, one of the first things he did was advocated for changing Georgia's open records law from a three to 90-day waiting period for athletics records requests. What does that mean? So basically it's delaying the, uh, you know, the how quickly stuff gets into open records. Huh. Like something like this. Why would he want to do that? So that you don't have to suspend a student quicker. There were a lot of arrests. Oh, you can get, Georgia you can get football through, players. You, then. Oh, you can get through the you can get through the season and get it's the, like you know, how, your time uh, after the season's it's over. It's like how Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle from Michigan, had a uh, I think he had an incident with uh, carrying a firearm, and it was only discussed about a month and a half after the initial incident. <laughs> wow, amazing! Oh, amazing. it's something that happens around the country. Right. And unfortunately, now it's happening to, now it's happening with a number one prospect in college football. So it's going to be interesting to see, like how you were mentioning with the Deshaun Watson story, see whose uh, moralities are going to be tested in the NFL draft here. How many SEC football players in the last ten years have been on? A rest list, or tr- when you look at the transaction wire, transition wire, transaction wires about players getting in trouble. Remember when the player from Alabama got caught with a gun in his car? Nick Saban kind of played it down like two years ago, three years ago. Florida had a number of arrests. Georgia had a number of arrests. LSU has had a number of arrests, including last month at a Mardi Gras uh, celebration. Their star receiver was caught with a weapon on Bourbon Street. Well, Brandon but, Miller is still playing for Alabama. Yeah, right, another right. example. For the SEC, I mean, I think there's a couple of guesses why they'll take anybody and everybody who's talented, regardless of their baggage or other activities. But it's happened a lot. I'm not trying Is to it, be. Or are we just so different here out in the middle of the Pacific? Things are looked at differently in the South in this country, as far as carrying guns. But look at that could be true. It's not just guns, but look at all the other conferences, the Power Five and athletics and Division One. I don't remember seeing as many players arrested as SEC athletes over again over the last decade or two. It seems like it's so many more than any other conference. Not just you know, and it might be the gun laws are a little bit different. They view it differently, but it's not only guns, assault, and just other things going on. 
Uh, and I, I, I don't know why it should be or is like that necessarily. It, it's more than just those southern states, but it yeah. happens an awful I, well, lot of coaches. Maybe, I think because there's a lot of money involved that coaches, and I hate to say this, I think coaches overlook. Uh, Urban Meyer overlooked a lot at Florida when well, he was there. Well, Urban Meyer is not your typical coach. Urban Meyer is, you know, he's kind of – He's yeah. He's he's bottom of the barrel the when it comes okay. to, when it comes to being a human being. But I think when it comes to a lot of these athletes, you do get a lot of eighteen-year-olds, and you're giving them a lot of money, especially yeah. now in this day and age with NIL, and now it's a lot easier to openly kind of give athletes gifts and money uh-huh. uh, when uh-huh. you're not involved with the university. I think you just didn't think of that a lot because we kind of. Uh, operated in the air of, oh, no one's giving them money unless they're explicitly caught, you know, getting a $50 or a $500 handshake. I wouldn't say $50. That probably doesn't operate in the SEC. It's probably not enough money for them down there. But <laughs> it's, it's, I think when you look at it, it just feels like it's a lot of young kids that are coming from, you know, not necessarily great backgrounds for a lot of the kids out there that you give them a lot of money. And now you give them a lot of power, and yeah. it's interesting well, to see how, also, for some people, how gotcha. that develops. Gotcha. And it's also people who have looked the other way when they this behavior started in high school, right? Hey, we look the other way. You're our star linebacker. Hey, I know you were speeding and got caught with an open container, but eh, just don't do it again. And the I, I think I think it's a combination of all of that. I stuff. want to say on that story, Taylor Luan who went to the University of Michigan on a podcast. I think he was with his high school teacher or something like that. He was talking to him, and he said, how did I pass Spanish? Because he said going into junior year, his GPA was like a 1.7. And he said he basically had Fs all over his transcript. He didn't. He like barely understood what he was doing in that class, yet he got a B in that class. And Taylor Luan, <laughs> somehow with that transcript, ended up at the University of Michigan. Wow. Well, that's you know that's one point seven. I wish I had a one point seven. Look at the SC, look at the SEC in basketball and football. They're getting a lot of four star players, and I know, I know other conferences are as well. And maybe just because again, maybe you overlook a lot of things, but it seems like they're getting great athletes, and maybe they have that sense of entitlement. The school wants them. Uh, again, Brandon Miller is an example. If he was the tenth, and I think a lot of people have said this, including myself, in the last week, if he was a bench player for Alabama, you get. I can guarantee he would have been suspended for a game or two more. Darius Miles, who was involved, I mean, Darius Miles got kicked off the team and arrested because he handed the gun to the shooter. What was so different what Brandon Miller was alleged to have done as well? He gave the gun to Miller, to Miles, who gave the gun to the shooter. But Miles doesn't play. He's injured. He's kicked off the team. Uh, but mm. that doesn't happen to the star player because mm. he's a star player. I think they overlook a lot of things. That's you know that's something I think we missed out on in the show a little bit is the 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 optic optically how that looks for college sports Alabama uh, Alabama basketball here's a guy oh he didn't technically break a law yet he was involved it was he was involved he was involved uh, in somebody dying in a murder. He was right there. He was part of it. You can't deny that he was part of it. Right. He delivered the weapon that killed her. And yet, hey, you know what? Pat me down. I'm scoring. People are cheering. Uh, you imagine, say that happened to somebody on Iran Ganat's team. Would we be cheering them on? 
at the Stan Sheriff Center? I don't think so. No, no. It's just the SEC, it's different. It's just it's different. It is totally different when it comes to places we live or things that we you know feel. But anyway, uh, that was a long headline. Thank you, Tanner. UH volleyball is happening tonight. Pepperdine's in town. Uh, first game tonight. Next one will be on Friday. Let's get the waves, baby. Sweep them. And we've had some really good crowd last Friday, I believe, was about 4,200, give or take a few hundred. You're getting good crowds, and that was not a name opponent in LIU. The crowds have been getting better. Number one team in the country, undefeated, of course, and now you're getting some bigger opponents, as we mentioned with Pepperdine this week. Uh, it does get a lot tougher, and I, again, I'm, I'm not going to guarantee a sweep. I'm not going to definitely predict one, but if history is an indicator, they probably will. I guess one of the questions we're wondering about, is brought up last hour, is will All-American center Jakob Tella play tonight? Yeah, and we found out uh, through Kristen Shimabuku uh, did a tweet uh, from KHON saying that Charlie says he's not going to play till conference play. Just, he's just sitting down, so it makes sense. We can we can win without him. We will need him when we do get into Big West play because that that's when the competition starts to get gnarly. It does make you wonder, again, it's smart to sit him if you can, but the competition getting so much tougher. Uh, we have, like, Penn State, UCLA, I believe, coming in for the tournament the next week or two. That, mm-hmm. again, hopefully there's nothing that serious, but Charlie did indicate that he is dealing with some issues there. It's precautionary, yes, but hopefully he'll be 100% when he does play again. Yeah, and hopefully he's not rusty when he gets back. But, I mean, to, to win another national championship, I think you need Tella. And that's the goal. That's the goal, yeah. and it's right in front of you right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, it looks like the uh, the live tour is. <laughs> this is so sad. Okay, so the live tour uh, debuted here in Hawaii, at least, and all over the country. It was on the the CW. Yeah. And um, we have friends of the CW, so I don't want to. You know, I, I feel bad for them, but um, they're it, it received. Uh, their their golf tournament on national television received two hundred ninety one thousand viewers on Sunday. Two hundred ninety one thousand. They didn't lose any people to the XFL. They might have lost some audi- some audience viewers for- through the NBA or college basketball, but it's not playoff time in college well, basketball yet, so it's a little no, surprising in that aspect. They, they they lost them to the Honda Classic. They lost it to the PGA Tour. The PG, the Honda Classic got almost ten times uh, that amount of viewers. <laughs> the the not the Masters, not the Open, the Honda Classic, two point three eight million, and um, in fact, <laughs> this is put to put this into context. The Live Tour, the the. The, the CW program, World's Funniest Animals, that had a bigger rating than the Live Tour. <laughs> so that goes to show I am really shocked. I thought people would check this out. I remember watching it on, um, I remember watching it on YouTube last year because they didn't have a TV deal. And on YouTube, it says how many people are watching. And it said like 40,000 people are watching. I'm thinking, around the world, 40,000 people are watching? That's it? Well, apparently that wasn't a typo or a mistake because nobody's watching the live tour. I'm sure Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods and uh, some other guys are going, ha, ha, ha. Uh, sure, you guys are making a lot of money, but no one cares. But is that, I wonder if that matters to the Saudis. I mean, the CW is probably getting paid a lot for the broadcast rights. 
uh, by the Libtor people. And if they are that filthy rich. Well, well, okay, the, the, the CW is not paying broadcast rights. No, they're not paying, but I'm sure they're getting money. They're getting money. No, right? no. The, the Live Tour couldn't get a TV deal, so they're buying the time. That's what I mean. Okay, well, so the, this is what they're doing. They're buying the time on the CW. They Aren't own they the program. Paying, but if they're, they, if they're, we know how filthy rich they are, so maybe they can give more money than others might have for a similar product, where right. even though the ratings aren't there, the CW it, is getting paid a lot. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, does it make a noise? No. <laughs> if you pay a gazillion dollars, and I know I've used that word a lot lately, gazillion, if you're paying millions and millions of dollars to get to get on television and no one is watching, nobody cares. You can pay even more money. You can pay as much as money as you want to be on television, but if nobody cares, I mean, this is it, what's the what's the, what's the purpose? What it, it, I think was it's a their slap purpose in the face, and it's a it's a it's a it's a, uh, uh, kind of a big wake up for Greg Norman and the Saudis. But I like the-, the live tour. I like the I like the competition. I like how they set everything up. I like the fifty four holes. There's so much I like about it, but nobody else does. But what was their purpose initially? To just get TV ratings? I don't think that was it. It just seemed like they just wanted to get golfers away, and they just wanted th- to have their own golf tour. Yeah, they, they like, like it. They, they wanted to have money. their own golf tour. Yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, Stephen Sai is set to join us next here on ESPN Honolulu on World Compliment Day. You're so sexy. Thank you. You have to give me a compliment now. I, I wasn't sure if you were talking to me or about Stephen. That's why I was waiting for the next line to see if you were going to say Stephen instead of Gary. Stephen's kind of pretty cool himself, though. I mean, he's got that look. You know. <laughs> we'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. It has been a while since last year since we've had our, actually I think we might have, might have had him on in January, but we are always happy when we have our next guest joining us. The star, as Chris likes to say, the star, the star advertiser. You see his name everywhere covering all UH sports. Steven Tsai joining us on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline away from football practice. Steven, always great to talk to you. What is, who has impressed you the most? Wait a so, minute, wait a minute. Let, let's, let's, let's start from the beginning here. Where, um, <laughs> I know other guests come on and they do restaurant, you know, preceded by restaurant ads or car ads and things like that. You've got me on preceded by an ad for boogers. Clearing up boogers. Yeah. What are you I'm, talking I'm about? Like, some ads that will uh, be proceeding about how to clear your nose or something like that. So. Uh, oh, I didn't yeah. hear that. We had our, we had our headphones off. <laughs> That's right. So, so just a coincidence. So we should have started it out with speaking of boogers, Stephen Sigh. <laughs> just a coincidence. We apologize. Back in the late great. 
the late Greg McMacken, but Greg McMacken used to say that um, I was like a booger. He tried to flick me away, and I think he'd take it away. He couldn't get rid of me. So that, that was Greg McMacken. The lovely oh. Greg McMacken. Yes, and we miss him definitely, definitely. So, uh, so who has impressed you the most so far at spring football practice? Well, uh, the guy um, I thought was okay, but then apparently uh, um, Timmy Chang says he's really, really okay. Is uh, Devin Salafia, the tight end? He's, he's only um, he's only um, two hundred pounds now, but he said by the time training camp rolls around, he will be two twenty. He's fast. He runs routes pretty well, and uh, he also is a pretty good blocker. So um, when they're going to run and shoot, they're adding the tight end to this, and he looks like he's going to be that nice mix of a guy who's uh, tall, fast, and and if needed, can do a little blocking. Cool. How, how how will the tight end be used more so? I mean, there's going to be more in blocking. Are they going to have about a lot of pass routes for the tight end? How do you think they'll be used? Yeah, kind of the way uh, Kansas City Chiefs try to use tight ends and, you know, just get a guy out of space and everything. But if needed, you know, can block and create a lot of mismatches, especially since a lot of teams are going with um, uh, nickelbacks and um, dimebacks against uh, uh, slot receivers. So he'll be a really big slot receiver. And you remember the last thing a slot receiver you had was some guy named Greg Salas. So, you know, I don't think Devin's uh, <laughs> going to be like that, but, but it, gives, it gives you a little bit of options, a little bit different. But they are running the running shoot, but they will have a lot of uh, uh, tight end type of receiving type uh, tight ends uh, out there. You know, the thing that worries me about this is it, hopefully it's not the Jordan Murray thing because in the preseason everyone was talking about Jordan Murray, Jordan Murray. And it never really worked out, so I, I hope this time it's it's uh, this is I hope this time this is the real deal. Right, and that, that was really puzzling because every scout would say, you know, they, they listen. And they, they were even having a, a pro day next week, and um, you're only allowed this time, I think, ten uh, players at pro day, and uh, uh-huh. everyone keeps asking, all the scouts keep asking for Jordan Murray, and Jordan Murray's got the the body, he's got he's got the you know he's got the talent, but for yeah. some reason he just couldn't produce him. And of a mystery, and they, they gave him all sorts of chances as a tight end, as a, you know, a wide receiver, a slot back, and just just couldn't connect. But you know, he still has a great future and everything. Just I'm not sure why it worked out, but it did work yeah. out for Caleb Phillips because Caleb Phillips made um, uh, all Mountain West first team. So uh, you know, that's one thing Timmy Chang can do is we, we think he's a quarterback guy, but he's also a really good tight end coach. So, oh, that's um, right. He's been helping out there. Yeah, so he's, that's he's right. Got, um, yeah, well, in, in Nevada, you got a guy. In, um, with the NFL, and he's you know he's just he's very talented in that regard too. Good point. Now, Braden Shager, we've heard really good things so far. We know it's only spring. He's gotten stronger. How has he looked? He's looking good. He's looking. Uh, he's got a strong arm. He's picking things up quickly. He's getting a lot of help. Uh, Dan Morrison, the old quarterback coach for UH, um, helped him uh, down Dallas. Uh, you know, in the off season, and uh, it, and then the Vinny Passes came by um, last week, so. He's just getting a lot of good instructions. Uh, Timmy's working with him every day, and um, they think he's going to picking up the speed. And the main thing wasn't his arm or, or just picking up the defense. The main thing was his footwork, and that's the one thing he's really picked up. Apparently there's a lot of footwork that has to sync with the throws and everything, and he's, he's really huh. come along in that regard. And, and Joey Ellen's also doing a good job there, too. So that's, Joey kind of struggled last year, but I think kind of watching things from the sideline when you're sitting in the meetings, watching Braden, I think it's really helped him a lot. And, they think he's going to be um, a lot more improved this year. Stephen Tsai with the Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Timmy Chang, from what we've heard and what we've read from your uh, numerous reports, is going to be a lot more hands-on with the quarterbacks and the offense this year. What have you seen, at least in practice, with Timmy Chang's involvement? 
Yeah, he's, he's 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 right there. He's in the middle. He's working with the quarterbacks, but he's also working with receivers. And you know, after practices, um, he's talking to receivers. He's not just giving them tips on um, what to do on the field and everything. He's telling them how to prepare, even you know how to attack uh, schoolwork and things like that. He's just really involved, and I think that was something he missed last year. Um, and that was even goes back to I remember when Norm Chow was hired. Norm Chow says, you know, look, I, I want a coach. I'm brought here to be a coach. I, I don't want to order fertilizer. And, you know, it's kind of, I guess, it's a metaphor for might have been for his tenure here. But, um, but I mean, there, there are so many things that um, Timmy Chang has to do that were not related to football. And then when, even when he's coaching, sort of overseeing everything. But now he actually works with the position group. He's in the quarterback meetings and he's you know, working with receivers. And, um, and then uh, Roman Sapolo is just doing an outstanding job with the offensive line. And uh, uh, they sent uh, um, – um, Roman Sapolo out to meet with uh, Dennis McKnight, and uh, you know how crazy Dennis McKnight is, and he's got, yes. uh, he's got everything. Uh, he's, he's kind of showed uh, uh, Sapolo sort of the ways of the run and shoot, and I think uh, everything's sort of now kind of, kind of coming together this spring. Wouldn't that be funny if, if like, all of a sudden Roman Sapolo's, like, animated on the sideline like Dennis <laughs> McKnight? He's all, this is how I've been told to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess as, as you know, his father, his father's were pretty calm. calm That's true. Calm, you know, Polar opposite. But controlled, controlled aggression. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think he'll be like that. Well, maybe he is like that, but he's a, he's a very calm guy. And, he uh, seems he's pretty very, mellow, yeah. <laughs> what about very mature, def- very mature. What about defensively? What have you seen on defense? Anybody stand out there? Like defensive linemen. Uh, well, you know, they're, they're, they think they have a shot at JT, so... Uh, He's out there in practice because he could still be out there in practice. But um, they think they have a shot of getting him, uh, or they feel they're pretty close to getting him an exemption to come back. So hopefully that works out because he he and Blessman were like two of the top defensive interior guys last year, and I think uh, it would be a big thing if they can get him back. But if not, they're bringing in new packages, and their their cornerbacks look outstanding. Cam Stone from... uh, that's for Wyoming is doing really well, and uh, mm. like he's locked down one of the starting jobs. What defensive lineman were you talking about? Uh, John Tweet. Oh, Tweet. You gotcha, gotcha. JT. Okay. I have trouble with his name. But they've got a guy from uh, um, a transfer from UTEP, um, Justin Prince, and he looks wide, but he's really fast, and uh, uh, oh. he's really uh, kind of locked down. He's, he's been playing uh, uh, starting safety in practices. There have been a lot of injuries and things like that, but he's, he's looking really good. He's uh, And he worked with uh, Coach Brown before at uh, UTEP, but he he's, looks like he's going to be at least be in the mix there. Not only do you cover UH football and basketball and baseball and everything else, but you also obviously have some great articles, uh, columns about other things going on here. And about Aloha Stadium, I'm going to ask you your opinion on this. Because we had Aloha to Aloha Stadium this past Saturday. Aloha for Aloha Stadium. I like Chris's version better. But the week before they had the great Aloha run, and the runners were not allowed in the stadium because of the conditions. Why were they not allowed in then, but they were allowed in this past Saturday? I think it's money, right? When, when when you pay money, you can go in there. Listen, after twelve uh, past week, that you take uh, inside tours and pay your way in. But and, and and if the stadium is really condemned, like where's the money going to? Like where, where the what kind of fund is it going to? Anyway, the the thing is, what that old saying needs to have. Uh, um, how can you miss? Uh, how can you miss me if you won't go away? Or um, that, that's I think that's the problem with low stadium. But you know, the thing with 
supposedly condemned two years ago, but I'm not really sure who condemned it because there's no yellow tape around the place. And I don't know, was it Ben McKay or somebody just said, you know, I declare you condemned, but... Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I declare thing, you condemned. I mean, yeah, but the thing that, the, the thing that happened um, this past Saturday, I mean, that, that was a nice little thing, but it's kind of like having a funeral for someone who died two years ago. Like, why, why is it still up? Why is this place still up? you got to raise it with a Z, and then you can raise it, A-I-S. So, you know, I think that's, uh, that's, that's my new bumper sticker. I think, you know. Bumper sticker? Anyway, I think that's, yeah. Uh, what, anyway, how, but I think that's just one of those things that you really um, need to, you know, they need to tear down the thing and build it. I don't care what you do, but you got to build it already because what, yeah. what they have now at UH is not, is not adequate. No, I, I totally agree with you there. Have you heard of any possible or definite candidates or applicants for the new athletic director's position? Um, I'm not sure, but I, I think um, not that they, they made the, the rules um, sort of um, a little too tight, and I, and I know there's room for wiggle room, but you know how things work in UH, there's not much wiggling. Um, so um, I, I, there's just a lot of guys out there, and then uh, I thought the most intriguing one was um, the guy who worked with the Mavericks, um, uh, George Killebrew. Um, I'm not sure if he's still in the running or not, but he, he was intriguing because he's Mark Cuban's right-hand man, and um, he's a Punahou graduate, and Initially, I thought he was an intriguing candidate, but I'm not sure if he's still in the running for that. And uh, another guy whose name comes up all the time is uh, Jaron Akana, and I think he'd be kind of an interesting uh, candidate because hmm. he's had, as you know, he's got a lot, a lot of ties in, in the NBA, and uh, and he's, he's pretty, uh, pretty sharp. And he's a, you know, he's a local guy, so we'll see what happens. Right on. Well, thank you very much. Stephen Sai appears via the Navage nasal care kit here. <laughs> Uh, yeah. right. Hey kids, keep your nose clean, all right? <laughs> Steve, we appreciate you. Buy a you. paper every now and then because it, it paid for my eye surgery, so you know, buy there, a paper every now and then. There you go. Well, at least do what I do. Uh, look at it online. But thank you, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. See you in <laughs> okay, Vegas next week. Care. Thanks. That's his. Right. That's right. the. Right. That's the next commercial for the Star Advertiser. Yes. Buy a paper, young young people. Buy a paper once in a while. Help out, old Uncle Stephen. Stephen Tsai appears actually via the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Yeah, always great talking with Stephen, and he'll be in Las Vegas covering Big West basketball, the tournament next week for UH men, as they uh, will start next week. So he's got a lot going on, but football, he's at every practice as well. Got a lot of inside information on what is going on behind and in front of the scenes as well. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I mean, he, did, he, he did knows what's going on. Well, I mean, he knows what's going on, what people see as far as practice and the games, but he also knows what's going on behind the scenes that people aren't always aware of, like the athletic director position as an example. All right, more with the sports animals on the front of the scene coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, let's check your traffic. And, uh, hey, guys, uh, keep the texts coming in. We see them. We'll get to them next on ESPN Honolulu. Gary Dickman, Chris Hart here on ESPN Honolulu. Between now, within the next hour, we'll have some volleyball tickets to give out for tonight's match. Uh, Hawaii going up against number seven Pepperdine. We'll have Tip Wells on the call starting at 6:50 tonight. It'll be Wednesday and Friday 
for Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. Then, of course, Rainbow Wahine Basketball Thursday and Saturday. CSUN tomorrow. And then Saturday night, it is senior night against Santa Barbara and those Lady Gauchos. I guess, and hopefully uh, get a better seating in the tournament with a couple of wins this week for the ladies. They uh, came off a tough game on Saturday, of course, with that last-second loss and overtime to UC Irvine. Second time they've lost to Irvine in overtime, but so, so, so close and on the cusp. But right now in fourth place, hoping to get into that third spot by the end of the regular season. Okay, guys, uh, 808-296-1420. we got Rainbow Warrior volleyball tickets to give away tonight. Let's do that in uh, less than eight minutes. In less than eight minutes, uh, we've got tickets to give away. What? You sound like Josh Green. <laughs> less than five hundred million, but we're not really saying exactly when. But am I be... wearing a reverse print Aloha shirt with a sport coat over it? You just changed during that commercial break, and it looks like you you were kind of close to that. Uh, you know what? It's cold. I had to put on a sweatshirt. What's going on? Uh, 68 degrees out here uh, for the ninth. In White Kelly, it's 68. Yeah. yeah, that's what it says. Wow. That's what Alexa's saying. Oh, I got 68 here in Iea too. Great. That is crazy. Okay, we digress. We have it's, a radio show going on. What? It's crazy that it's the same temperature, eight miles apart. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Is, is that's not a thing. <laughs> no. Because oh, what are the odds? Hey, look, where Tanner is downtown, I'm sure it's a little hotter than it is out here. I'm sure it's cooler in Wahiwa. Probably right. <laughs> Did people turn their radios on to hear this? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> who wouldn't? Hey, hey, yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> Thanks for texting in, guys. 808-296-1420. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's a text from the 313. What would you guys do if you were a head coach competing for a national championship and put in those situations. If you don't overlook, then no, you're no closer to victory. It's a must to attempt to overlook. In other words, we're talking about um, a lot of college athletes uh, who have gotten into trouble. The Alabama basketball player who delivered his uh, gun to his friend. His friend shot somebody, and he's still out there. It's optically a bad look. Yep. There's other guys who uh, a lot of... Um, players especially in the sec who have been uh, caught for handgun violations and things like that i mean i mean back in the day in oklahoma brian bosworth and back in those days the, the they're, they're walking around campus with like an m16 it was it's like crazy it's crazy what college athletes and this guy's saying well what would you do if you, I, 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 yeah i would like to think uh that i would not overlook this and i know winning is a big deal and you want to keep your job and all that it really bothers me when i see any team whether it's college and mostly college but even in the pros where you'll overlook things and the nfl does it all the time i mean what player has been banned for life really colin kaepernick indirectly you, you can get away with almost anything deshaun watson is proof of that I, I would not want to overlook that stuff i would have to take some kind of action even though the cost could be extreme like your job but you can't let people get away with these things. It's just at some point common sense has to come into play. And doing the right thing should come into play as well. And I, I would have a hard time being a coach because I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't get away with it and still have a job probably. It's not only that Deshaun Watson get a job. He got, what, $230 million guaranteed, whatever it was. That's yes. a slap. Yes. Uh, I, we were talking about Jalen Carter. 
and the breaking news of warrants are out for his arrest. Uh, he misled police in the death of, uh, it was another player and a recruiting coordinator. Apparently, he said that he, was, he wasn't around. He was a mile behind the crash. Then he was right behind the car. Then we find out he was next to the car. So um, basically, they were, it looks like they were drag racing. They were racing. Uh, the other car went out of control. People lost their lives. So I, somebody had a great text earlier this morning, I thought, and they said, you know, why do they make the car was going 100, over 100 miles an hour? I said, why do they make cars that go over 100 miles per hour? And I thought, what a great thought. I never really thought of that before. You know, cap it off at, at, at 60. Hey, you, you know, you can't go over 60. Or except if you live in Las Vegas, you cap theirs at 80 because that's how they drive and they're perfectly safe. I've seen it's speed crazy limits in Las Vegas. I've seen speed limits. I think it was in Massachusetts that was 75 miles an hour. But they can they can stop a car being operated by somebody who doesn't pass a breathalyzer test. Why can't they stop a car from going a certain amount of miles per hour? Right. I mean, they do it to golf court carts, and I can't. It's a reg, I think it's called a regulator. Put some kind of regulator on your car, and then we get a text here. It says. My wife's water broke, and she went into labor. It would have been so frustrating if my car only went 60. You know what? If you're in Hawaii and you're going 60, you're going to get to where you got to, you, you got to go in plenty of time. 60 is fine. Um, and then he says, shout out to HPD for escorting us after stopping me for speeding. Oh, it really <laughs> happened. I thought he was I just guessed. getting a for instance. But what I'm getting at is if, if your water breaks and, you know, I – consider myself an expert with how many children i have i thought your water broke (laughs) you know i i'm guessing i'm I'm remembering after your water breaks don't you have like hours and hours of labor after that i mean it's not like your water breaks and i know that women are listening in the car going you're such an idiot but isn't it? It's not like your water breaks and then ten minutes later, baby comes out. But couldn't it be hours of labor? Doesn't it? Isn't it always different for every birth for every person? It could be ten hours. It could be an hour. Right? I don't know. I just realized we're talking about childbirth on the radio. <laughs> Let's That's why stuff. people are tuning in. <laughs> you want to hear the good stuff? <laughs> yeah. You don't get hey. that in the afternoon. You don't get that in the afternoon. Look at this. Uh, as a Bears fan, I hope we take Will Anderson with our first pick and pass on Jalen Carter. See? I Well, I could see a lot of people that would like Will Anderson on their team as well. If you have a Alabama choice. outside linebacker. If you have a choice of either or, it could hurt him in the draft. Maybe not a lot, but it could hurt him a couple of spots at least. Yeah. Uh, somebody uh, texted in. Alan, thank you for texting in. So the Live Tour is paying CW to run their infomercial. <laughs> that would that would that, yeah. If you want to call it an infomercial, I, I I think I I like the I like the Live Tour. I mean, sorry about the money and all of that, but I like their product. You know what? I like the XFL as well. I, I enjoyed watching the game last week. Apparently, not much of America did either. I mean, it was still higher than the Live Tour. Were they about six hundred thousand people? So I think or it was something? six seventy three or something like that. It wasn't a lot. It dropped. The XFL dropped fifty percent from week one. That's a little surprising. Mm-hmm. The last time around, it dropped thirty percent. I think I read after the first week. This time, it was even more. All right, eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Our number to call or text in this morning. Uh, we were talking about Aloha Stadium, and yesterday in the Honolulu Star Advertiser. 
Please, young people, buy a newspaper. Help out Stephen Sock. <laughs> Uh, Governor Green, uh, I guess they were saying that the stadium's going to cost 400 to 450 and then he mentioned that it's going to be under $500 million. So automatically, people like me say, what, the price went up? I guess it doesn't mean the price really went up. But at the same time, why not say $400 million instead of f- mentioning the mentioning $500 million? I think I think you want to keep want to be a little bit tra- uh, transparent with giving more exact figures or close to it. Yeah. And well, he's saying think- he's saying the taxpayers as the price goes up, taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for it. They should get a naming rights deal. Well, that's great to say. Let's see if it happens then. Or because he said they shouldn't pay, and we end up paying. What does that mean? What he says then? How much is somebody going to pay for naming rights in, in this market for a stadium? Say you need to make up fifty million dollars. Say it went from four fifty to five hundred, which yeah. it will, yeah, uh, or beyond. Um, who, how are you going to make that up with a naming rights deal? Is who's going to pay fifty million dollars? Fifty million dollars at uh, you know over whatever period of time, you know maybe over fifty million years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's just too small a market to get huge money for naming rights. Unless you get somebody national that would still do it. Why? How often? What what's in it for I them? I know. What what's in it for Amazon? Call it the Amazon Stadium. Right, right. You know, maybe if you had the Pro Bowl and Elvis from Hawaii back, you know, stuff like that. But what about but, Allegiant? Allegiant Airline doesn't have any allegiance to Las Vegas, I don't think. But it's more—it's probably closer to where they operate a lot more than Hawaii. But it's so. a national. But it's—it's it's mentioned nationally. Yeah, right, right. So right. what? I don't know what their plans are. Are they expanding to Las Vegas? Are they whatever they're doing? But you're getting—you know—you're getting the same reason where. Oh, I don't know. Where do the Chicago Bulls play? Chicago, uh, United Center. United is an airlines. Yes, United Airlines. So, yeah, yeah. So United Airlines doesn't just fly to Chicago, but every time the Bulls were on national TV play, it's like, hey, the United Center. That's their big I'll hub. Get my next ticket for what? That's their big hub is Chicago. Oh, okay. Like Hawaiian Airlines would be yeah. here, right? Yes, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I get it. I, I, I don't know that you can just do it with naming rights. I mean, there's other things they could do, um, the, the, you know, to raise money, not just naming rights. But who gets into that business? The state now is in the business of the naming rights business? I guess they always have been with the state, the stadium authority because it was Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union Field. And that wasn't University of Hawaii. That wasn't a UH deal. That no. was a stadium deal. Right. All the signage you see at the stadium um, around, that, that goes to the stadium. Now, those... Those fluffy, um, those fluffy field signs that the players run into, that goes to UH. But all the ones around the the permanent signage around the stadium goes to the stadium. So there's that money, but I, I still think you need a lot more. I I think taxpayers are going to have to end up, uh, you know, foot in part of this bill. You know what? We're super late. I'm sorry. Uh, let's take uh, check your traffic weather today. You're looking at it for the next couple of days. ESPN Honolulu. Night I dreamt I was returning 
Rainbow Wahine softballer Brianna Lopez is going to join us in 25 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. And I realized I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking liar one more time. Let's give away Rainbow Warrior volleyball tickets. We were supposed to do that like 10 minutes ago. If you're caller number three, caller number three, we got tickets for you to go tonight. Super easy. You're going to win the tickets. We're going to text them or email them to you. And you go down to the Stan Sheriff Center in Rudon, Hawaii, against Pepperdine. Now you can hear that uh, game on the radio here tonight on ESPN Honolulu, or uh, you can, uh, better yet, show up. Show up and root on the bows. So if you want tickets to tonight's game, caller number three, we'll have a couple of tickets for you. Sounds good. Have they heard the weather and our analysis of weather and other good topics? Yes. But that was a good weather report, Chris. You did a great job with that today on World Compliment Day. What's the difference between World Compliment Day and National Compliment Day? Well, you know, National Compliment Day, we only celebrate it in this country. But this is World <laughs> Compliment Day where people all over the world, it's like the old Coca-Cola song. I like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Look, everyone's getting along. <laughs> okay, now I see the connection. All right, coming up, uh, the NFL draft is here. Uh, we've got more on that coming up. I like the – somebody keeps texting us, and we'll get to this now, I guess. The uh, Remember the, the, the Super Bowl? So people are sliding all over the Super Bowl. I think Jalen Hurts or somebody – a number of players actually went in and changed their cleats to make them longer. Well, Hall of Fame um, groundskeeper George Toma – who's actually done a lot of work here in Hawaii. I don't know yeah, if you know did. that. Yeah, uh, Helped out Moanalua, uh, Moanalua High School with their baseball field and a couple others. It's not a baseball field. Do you call it a baseball field? Yeah. And anyway, George Thomas put his, uh, he's got his, uh, you know, handprint or fingerprints all over a lot of Hawaii's fields. So he's the longtime groundskeeper. He's advised on the preparation of every single Super Bowl field. I mean, the guy, you talk about a green thumb. Now, he's 94 years old. And he says the reason everyone was slipping around during the Super Bowl was the field was overwatered in the days leading up to the game. Uh, by the way, remember they call him the Sod Father. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Sod Father. Uh, now, Thomas says the field should have been watered in the morning and kept outside to dry before being rolled in so what this did is it 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 it, they he also said they sanded it too late i don't know what that means but green thumbers will know what that means so you're supposed to sand the sod anyway so basically they wet the turf put the turf inside and then because of all the super bowl rehearsals they put a tarp over it to protect the grass well you know what it made it moldy and stinky it was. It, it smelled. The, 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 the sod smelled. So you had to not only slip around in it, but you had to roll around in this field emitting a sour odor. It smelled rotten, he said. Man, how could you mess this up? How, how could you mess something up that bad for something so important? Right. Now, Toma, I guess, doesn't work for the, uh, the NFL anymore. Uh, he retired 80 years, 
80 years the guy's been taking care of fields. From 14 he, he years retired, old, wow. He retired after that. After that, he retired. Uh, after, I guess, the Super Bowl, he retired. And he said, I can't take it anymore. He says that uh, in the past, the NFL has not responded to uh, these types of field issues that he would bring up. The NFL says, hey, we've it uh, checks out all the specs, and the field is fine. You heard that from Roger Goodell after the Super Bowl. So Thomas like, me and the league are finished. They can't tell me what to do anymore. We're done. It's almost like the, how the NFL handled Daniel Snyder. They just don't even care. They just look the other way. You know what? That story comes up. Uh, and, and those, those instances come up in different stories over and over and over again. And uh, we'll get a winner and our top stories coming up next. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's Sports Animals in the Morning, having a cup of java with you. Top headlines today, uh, Rainbow Warrior Volleyball uh, hit the hardwood tonight. Congratulations to Ezra from Coppole, who just won some uh, tickets. And uh, we got Pepperdine, number seven team in the country, at the stand. Yeah, tonight and Friday night, a couple of good teams coming in following that with UCLA and Penn State. Big West play right around the corner. So, you know, more LIUs, Concordia, Concordia Irvine. Concordia's. Concordia Irvine, Barton, Queens. I'm trying to get them all, but uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. going to get tougher. I have a feeling they're up for the task. And uh, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a weird way, this could go four. I don't think it'll go four, but <laughs> I'm going to kind of predict a sweep again. Why not? All right, uh, let's see. Also, Aaron Rodgers has uh, come out of the darkness, and uh, he has basically said again, R-E-L-A-X. I'll come up with a decision soon. Well, it's March, as we know, so he's got to come up with it soon. Uh, I think sooner than later for his for himself, for the Green Bay Packers, or for maybe his potential new team. And uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't predict either way what, where he's going to play. I just really think he will play. Again, the re- 59 million reasons why is one reason, one combined reason. I don't think he's going to pass up that money. It just doesn't seem like Green Bay will be in his future. But last year, right around this time, weren't we pretty certain he was going to be leaving as well? A lot of people, and I, I thought he was going to Denver. Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hackett was going to follow him to Denver. He wasn't going to be in Green Bay. Maybe he'll replace Brady in Tampa last year, we heard. Well, both I guys know. were in the same place. But I, I can't imagine him in Green Bay. But last year, we thought the exact same thing. Where is Aaron Rodgers from? Is he from California? Yes, yes, yes. All, see, this is becoming all he needs to do to mirror Brett Favre's career is steal from the poorest of poor in California after he's retired. I mean, we've seen this story already. This is the Brett Favre story. This is how Brett Favre ended it all, with people in Green Bay despising him because he wouldn't make up a decision. Yeah. Now, the league year and free agency begin March 15th. You don't have much time. I mean, you, you look, you have all the time you want in the world. You're under contract. I get it. But if you're talking about, I don't know what team I'm going to, and I don't know if I'm going to play anymore or whatever. See, basically, he's got to decide, okay, do I want to play? After you decide 
if you decide yes, who am I going to play for? Now, he's actually come out and said, look, what's all this about? I'm under contract last time I checked with the Green Bay Packers. Right, but right. I don't know if they're thinking that. I mean, if I'm the Packers, I'd like to get something from him. But we saw how badly the Russell Wilson experiment failed. We saw how badly the Carson Wentz experience failed twice. We saw how bad the, well, the Philip Rivers experiment wasn't that bad. These aging quarterbacks who go onto another team, you know, because their window for the Super Bowl is closing soon. In other words, actually, I should just say, their window to go deep into the playoffs is 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 limited. So if you're only missing one piece and you need Aaron Rodgers, I don't know, you're going to pay 60 million dollars to that guy, you're going to trade up your you're going to trade a couple of uh, first round draft choices for him. Is there a team that fits that? I don't think so because the Jets are mentioned as an example, and I agree with what you said, I believe, yesterday about this, that it's more than – even though they're good, they're up and coming, they got a better defense this year, fourth in mm-hmm. the uh, NFL. Offense has some young pieces in Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, but they're not a quarterback away from winning it next year. It's going to take longer than that. So if you're a, if you're a team that's just one piece away, you, you, it's, it's not, there's no team that fits that. There's right. no team that just has a court. If they get the right quarterback to the Super Bowl, not next year. So, because right. if you're in the AFC, you have to beat the Bengals, you have to beat the Bills, you have to beat the Chiefs, and these are all these aren't aging teams. These three teams are going to be in the conversation for the next five years. The only guy aging is Travis Kelsey, and that's really it. Right. And the GM of the Packers last week said he hasn't talked to Aaron Rodgers since the season ended. That you know tells you a little something right there, but I, I don't. Maybe that's kind of the norm. I'm not sure. Again, last year we're saying the exact same thing. There's no way he's going back to Green Bay. Uh, it was just a matter of where. Right now, we're kind of thinking that from all the indications that we get. Uh, but I just can't imagine he'll retire. That's one of the things. Again, with the money out there, the Brady factor in the Hall of Fame. But I think he's got to be thinking something already, even though he's not saying it publicly. But within two weeks, because he's going to be maybe like Derek Carr. Derek Carr has the leverage now, as we've said numerous times. If Aaron Rodgers waits till after free agency starts and waits another week, well, some of the other dominoes might fall. Maybe the Jets don't want to wait any longer, and they get they get Derek car maybe vegas goes after yeah. whoever I, I just never realized what a bad season Derek carr had until yesterday last year he didn't have a very good season at all no it wasn't good i mean him. some people want a veteran quarterback and i i think he can still he'll get a shot at being a starting quarterback in the nfl next year much like marcus Mariota. i think if it doesn't work out wherever Carr goes he is going to be a he'll be a backup for the rest of his career as well uh we got a text it's great it says Hey, Chris and Gary, wasn't Aaron Rodgers mentored by Brett Favre? He taught him everything he knows. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's going on. Jalen Carter, the breaking news when we came on this morning, was Jalen Carter one of the uh, top prospects in the, what well, could be the top prospect in the NFL draft, uh, is uh, that he is, uh, they've uh, put out arrest warrants for him it looks like uh, he was speeding and drag racing alongside the car uh, of a, a staffer from the team and an offensive lineman who died in a car crash. He misled police. He told him he wasn't near the thing. He was like a mile away. And uh, lately they basically find out that uh, he was alongside the car in his car. 
So we'll see what happens with that. And that's been the that's I guess that's been the big story nationally this morning. Yeah, and I, again, I just I'd love to see what happens when he does meet teams one on one because there's going to be an interview process not at the combine but at pro day or before the draft certainly, and they're going to want to get some answers. Maybe see how he responds. Can he look him in the eye? Maybe in two months this kind of gets downplayed a little bit, if that's possible, where because he wasn't, again, in that accident like Henry Ruggs was, maybe it doesn't cost him a lot. But I think right now it could potentially cost him a few spots in the draft, which could cost him a few million dollars. And some yeah, teams and I, are going to shy I, I away think, a little bit right yeah, now. Yeah, and I think but some people would say, well, he lied to police. We all lie to the police. Don't but it's we? not just that, but if you were racing – going close to 100 miles an hour let's say after right. getting ticketed for but, 89 recently right too. but it wasn't it wasn't he henry ruggs ran into somebody because he was driving 100 miles an hour in the neighborhood or 200 miles or whatever it was he was it was college kids drag racing that's what they do i guess in some places not number the one person, draft picks though the person he was racing happened to die so that's not as much on him as it's just well, kids will be kids. They all, you know, how many stupid things have I done when I was 18, 17, 18 years old? But you a are lot. a potential number one draft pick, and I think if you have a choice of a Will Anderson and you're thinking of a good defensive player, I know they're different players. You right. might go the other direction. Maybe, and I, I think I, I think that, that might be the case because you don't know if he's going to do. You know, now you're going to give a million. You know, mil, I'm sure he has a couple million in NIL or something. But now you're going to make him a super wealthy guy with millions, and uh, you're going to, you know, he's going to buy his handguns and do all of that stuff. I, I wonder. Or he turns it around. He becomes the honey badger, turns around his life, and has a long, steady career. Who knows? Somebody will take him because it's all about giving second chances when you do something like that. It really is. And you get Brandon Miller, the Alabama basketball player. He could be—he's going to be a lottery pick in the draft. I don't know about number one, but he'll be up there. Uh, our team's going to shy away from him. I mean, he wasn't directly involved in the murder, but he—some people would say he's an accessory. I don't think he wasn't charged with that, like Darius Miles was. But I wonder if teams are going to maybe shy away a little bit from that. It, it has some similarities where they were involved in some—a bad look, certainly, yeah. if nothing else. Somebody just texted in, Gary, you're forgetting about the 49ers when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. You know what? Really? Why would the 49ers want Aaron Rodgers? Well, Brock Purdy probably won't be ready. He's not going to get a surgery until maybe next week at the swelling oh, goes right. down. Oh, that's right. That's but right. But if he's not ready for half the season, I guess it does make some sense that maybe they get him for a year because he's not going to be a guy that's going to be there for three years wherever he goes. Or right. I don't think he would be there for three years necessarily. So maybe yeah. that does make some sense, yes. All right, uh, Mel Kuyper's uh, um, draft, his latest mock draft came out, complete with um, complete with trades. He's got Stick a around. Lot, By the way, Bri- Brianna Lopez, great pitcher for University of Hawaii softball, is going to join us in a few minutes. But um, so complete with trades. Now, Mel Kuyper says that Houston is going to trade up uh, from number two to number one. With the Chicago Bears, and Houston is going to take Bryce Young. See, Bryce Young is at the Combine. He's going to do, be measured and do interviews. I, I, I'm saying, if you're Bryce Young, don't let them measure you. Do, do not let them measure you. 
But that sends a signal right there. Because I have a feeling that he is not six feet tall and 180. They'll find out before the draft if it's not at the combine exactly what his height is. You know uh, what? If I, you're Bryce Young, you know what you do? Because mm. he's not testing. Um, just gain weight. Get up to 200 for this. And then on your pro day, <laughs> don't get measured. There you go. Put some lifts in your shoes. But, like, because that's they, what people they, do. People try to, like, there was this one guy. I can't remember his name. I think it was, like, like Isaiah Cockrell or something like that. He uh-huh. said that bef- right before the weigh-in, he drank a gallon of water, and he got up from, like, 279 to, like, 280. I mean, I got from, like, 271 to 280. Yeah. So it made, his, so it made right. his draft no, stock kind of look a little bit better. I did that when I, I, I told the story before when I was wrestling. I think I was, like, uh, 180 pounds or 170 pounds. And I think it was, like, a, a sophomore year. Anyway, I was... I, I wasn't uh, the first string, like, 170-pound guy, but there was an opening on our team on the 202 level. And to wrestle at 202, you had to be at least, say, 180 pounds, something like that. There's a minimum for safety. And so I, I was at St. Louis, I remember, and I just drank water and drank water and drank water, got on the scale, made weight, and it all came out backwards. <laughs> it was gross. But anyway, yeah, you can gain a lot of weight by drinking a ton of water. Thank you, Tanner Hayworth. So Houston's going to go number one, and they're going to take Bryce Young. You know, there's, I don't, I root for Bryce Young. He's just so tiny. He's got a, what they, what they say, he's so small framed. But, boy, you can see the difference in a game when uh, there was a game that Alabama was playing, and he was out of the game. And they struggled for a while and he came back in the game. Do you know what game I'm talking about? And just let him down the field to victory. I mean, the guy is just, if there's an it, Bryce Young's got it. Okay, what if you're going from number two to number one, maybe Mel Kuyper has it there, what are you going to give up to move up one spot? Because maybe you're fearful of a team in your division named Indianapolis trying to get Bryce Young instead of you, and then you're stuck with C.J. Stroud. I can't imagine the price would be that high to move up one spot. You'll have, to go, you'll have to go to ESPN.com and uh, find out. Could you because, not gonna tell us? Well, I, I, I don't want to do that while we're on okay. the air right now. I don't I didn't I don't want to fish through the article. Is the drop off that great from Bryce Young to CJ Stroud if he's number two? To give I up don't know. an it extra depends. first round draft pick? It depends what kind of offense you're running, what you envision for him. It didn't I mean if you if you want the absolute best guy. I don't know how teams are are grading this. I like C.J. Stroud better just because I'm afraid of Bryce Young getting hurt. That's the only reason. Because of a size, you're afraid of him getting hurt? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, like when the, when the Bears did it for Trubisky – they were they. I mean, they. It was Solomon Thomas was the next guy drafted by the Niners, so it wasn't quarterback, quarterback like it might. Well, like it appears to be this year. If again, yeah. uh, if it's Houston and maybe Indianapolis making that one, making a trade in there. I, right. Again, I just can't imagine you have to give up that much to move up one spot. Yeah. Okay. So in this, the uh, Indianapolis Colts right now are at number four in the draft. They are projected by Mel to trade up to number two, just how you mentioned, because I oh. We got to trade. We need a quarterback, so we can trade up number two to get C.J. Stroud. 
So that leaves the Arizona Cardinals at number three going, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? Okay, one guy's been arrested. Will Anderson has. We'll go with Will Anderson at number three. That's what Mel says. For But, but actually, if the Colts were going to move up, it wouldn't be to number two because that's where Houston is. And no, Houston's Houston going to get moved up to number one already. Oh, okay. Then, In and this then the draft, Colts Houston up moved up to number one, and uh, Chicago... But, why would, would you have to move up number... to mm-hmm. if you're Indianapolis? Why would you have to move up then? If Houston's going to move to number one, you know that the Bears aren't going to draft a quarterback, and you know that Arizona's not going to draft a quarterback. You wouldn't have to move up at number four. Maybe you're thinking the Carolina Panthers at number ah. five are going to move up. Okay. okay. Maybe the Detroit Lions are thinking about some. Maybe the Raiders at number seven are going to move up. They've got mm-hmm. a number of drafts, okay. right? Yeah. You're yeah. going. Hey, you don't want to leave this to chance. You're going up and getting the guy that you want. So the Chicago Bears at number four maybe are saying, now this came out yesterday, the Jalen Carter thing happened today. So Mel says Jalen Carter going to the Bears. So the Bears are sitting at number four going, we'll take either guy. And the Bears already have a good defense. With Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, it became that much better. I mean, these are the, it's the best player available. You could use help on offense, but with the number four pick, you got to go with the you got, with these two guys left on the board. You got to go with one of those guys, and you'll get extra draft picks for moving down. If you move down, oh, they'll yeah, they will. They they will have yeah yeah. So that's another bonus for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see another trade here. Carolina uh, trading and moving up to number. Oh, Carolina would be number five in this case, right? If they trade up, I guess yes. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Yeah, so Carolina, they trade up to number five. I think Tanner was telling us off the air. Uh, Will Levis would be the Carolina Panthers guy. The, the, the Carolina Panthers would be targeting here. And then uh, Detroit Lions at number six would take Kristen Gonzalez, a cornerback from Oregon. Another corner, Devin Witherspoon, goes to the Raiders from Illinois. And then the Falcons would take Will McDonald, the fourth, the defensive end from Iowa State. The Seattle Seahawks, even though they love Geno, they're going to go with Anthony Richardson, number nine overall. That's a bold prediction. And the Philadelphia Eagles, they got the best offensive line in the league. Mel's got them taking Peter Skoransky, the offensive tackle from Northwestern at number 10. You see, uh, they, they feel that, um, uh, not Travis Kelsey, What's his name? Jason, Jason Kelsey. Jason yeah. Kelsey's Kel- Jason kind of mulling retirement, they think. And I think Sayomalu is going to be a free agent. So they're thinking, hey, make your strength even stronger. That's what Mel says. But that's your top ten. You can check out the rest at ESPN.com. And, uh, I mean, there's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles, as an example, have a lot of free agents. They can't keep them all. Ah, okay. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to talk a little softball with our star pitcher, Brianna Lopez from uh, – uh rainbow wahine and uh, golfers check it out got something for you here you can sign up for the cinco de mayo charity golf tournament may 5th at the Coppola golf course and we almost guarantee that more people will be playing in this golf tournament than have watched the live tour this past weekend <laughs> check it out four golfers will have a chance to win a million dollars everyone's got a shot at winning a ram truck now if you want to enter or get more details visit giving hope Hawaii.org. By the way, Giving Hope Hawaii provides food and support for those in need on the windward side.
This is going to be fun. We love talking to some of the star athletes from the University of Hawaii, and one of the stars is joining us now on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline, the left-handed sophomore pitcher for the University of Hawaii Rainbow Wahine softball team. Brianna Lopez joins us. Brianna, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time, and a lot of softball going on the previous few weeks, and you got a big tournament coming up this week as well. What has it been like pitching in some of the weather? conditions of late especially the wind uh definitely been difficult i'll say that um this wind is really no joke uh one of my worst weather conditions to be playing in is the wind and added on top with some rain um you know it sucks but we have to just push through it <laughs> what what kind of adjustments how much does how much does okay how much of this becomes a safety issue pitching with with a wet ball i mean it's definitely a big safety issue um i don't know if you guys heard but i had hit a batter against utah tech and it was super windy i believe it was utah tech or it might have been maris i'm not sure but i'm not Uh really known to hitting batters and uh it caught everybody by surprise and you know coach bob goes out there he's like you know what happened I was like, sorry, Coach, it kind of just slipped. I mean, you got the wind pushing me one way. You got the mm-hmm. rain coming another way. And, I mean, it, I felt bad, so I, I went up to her. I apologized after the game. Um, mm-hmm. It was a pretty hard hit ball right to her. So, I mean, it, it is a big, you know, it's a danger out there when you're, you're, when you're playing in those high winds. Maybe you can just move closer. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so you apologize. Benefit me. <laughs> yeah. You apologize to the batter. What is her reaction then? Oh, she was like, "No, like you're fine, you're fine. Like you did very well, blah blah." blah. And I'm like, "Yeah, I did, but I still hit you. <laughs> I just have to make sure you're okay." Oh no! But she was cool. The entire team, you know, went up to me and get you know gave me high fives and whatever. But I just felt super bad in that moment. I, I mean, like I said, I don't really hit people. I'm not really known to. You know, be that pitcher that hits people. You know, but yeah, I just had to. I just had to be the bigger person and apologize. Brianna, have you ever gotten mad, even when you're little? Have you ever gotten mad and beaten somebody on purpose? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. Yes. I have in the past. Uh, not you know, not at the college level, but definitely in travel. Um, I think the tensions in travel ball are so high just because, you know, we know each other and stuff, but definitely back in travel. So not my best, you know, not my best thing <laughs> that I like to talk about. But You're not proud yes, of it. I, She's not proud of it. I'm See, not proud of it. On the main here in Hawaii, the big deal is high school softball when you're being mm-hmm. recruited and stuff like that. On the mainland, it's the travel ball that people watch, not so much the high school ball. So that's why I think you're mentioning that it's just more high stakes, right? Yes, definitely. Okay, so when you hit the batter and travel ball, where are you hitting her? Uh, definitely the elbow, uh, definitely Ow. lower body. You know, I'm not trying oh. to aim for the head, not trying to go for the neck, but oh. I think every pitcher out there has hit somebody on purpose. <laughs> um, but, you know, the tensions just get so overwhelming at points where you just have to let it out. And, I mean, at most times I don't try to laugh, but... You know, I wear a face mask, so it kind of covers, you know, my mouth a little bit. So I just turn around and kind of chuckle a little bit. But right now, 
mean, people. We know not. We know not to get Brianna Lopez mad right now. (laughs) If like her friends up at the dorm, don't make her angry. We're talking with Brianna Lopez, uh, Rainbow Wahine uh, pitcher. Uh, She's got a 1.54 ERA, uh, five and two so far in the season, and she leads the team with 28 strikeouts. What is the secret to your success? Spin. I'd say lots of spin. Uh, I've always worked with a weighted ball, um, especially with my dad. Um, He was so big on three, like, let's do spin, let's get the weighted ball. And, you know, I'd kind of just, like, shake him off, like, no, Dad, I don't really need that. But at this level, definitely a spin. Um, Spin over speed, honestly, Um, I'd say that. How fast? What's a, what's the fastest you've been clocked at? Um, I want to say it was sixty nine seventy. This was back. Whoa! In high school. Uh, Dang! And I hit it a couple times, and then I got injured. And then I'm not sure oh. what I'm clocking at right now, but it was a uh, it was like my prime time during high school. I hit sixty nine seventy, and then got injured with an arm injury, and then just you know, kind of fell off the, the speed radar in that sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really about movement uh, anyway. Yeah. You're a, 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 you know that. But the, um, to, see, because a lot of people, they can, they'll throw in the six, they'll throw, say, 64, 65. Hey, I can throw at 70, but it's not going straight. You know what I mean? It's it's going to be wild. Yeah. But, man, yeah. that, I, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of your arm. <laughs> We're talking with Brianna yeah. Lopez, Rainbow Wahine pitcher on ESPN Honolulu. Do you have any either superstitions or pregame rituals that you do on game Ooh, day? Oh, good one. Good one. Oh, I have a lot. I have a lot. Uh, I have to put my right sock on first and then my left. Then cleat-wise, I have to put my right cleat on first and then my left cleat. Um, I always have to pick up dirt before the game. Um, and then before every inning, I like to level down the pitcher's mound. Um, like the drag of the other pitcher, I just mess it up. I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to pitch, you know, in it. So I, you know, uh-huh. just stir it back on there. Uh, food-wise, I like to drink a chai tea latte before every game. <laughs> and now I've added um, a honey stinger waffle into my, you know, little ritual that my dad gives me. So there's a lot. A, a honey what? A honey stinger waffle. It's like some energy waffle. It's like a baby waffle. It's super good. Very good. Wow. Yeah. We could use some of that in the morning here. <laughs> what What is it like on road trips when your team goes on the road? I know you're from Riverside, so I imagine you like going back to Riverside. But what is it like on road trips besides the softball action? It's fun. Uh, I really love you know, traveling with the girls, especially, you know, trying either different food places or going out as a group. I think um, the 20, you know, 20 of us that are out there, we really make the most out of it. We're there for a couple days. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're all very excited to go on, on the road. I'm very excited to go back on the road. That's something that I look forward to every season. Now, we had heard, we had heard that, and this is in the past, and maybe we even heard this before you got to UH, that the softball team was one of the most one of the most responsible groups when it came to meal money on the road. We, we, didn't you hear that, Gary? Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not out buying tattoos with their meal money. They're using the oh, you know no. yeah. So that's probably <laughs> no, still yeah, the coach, case. 
yeah, Coach Bob is very, you know, affirmative with this is your money, this is your money for food. You know, he gets, especially the trainer, Sienna, she's really on to us with uh, make sure you spend this money on food because, you know, it's, it's a lot of cash and, you know, us being girls, like, let's go shopping with it. But, no, we have a, we have a responsibility and a job out there, so strictly for food and snacks. Can you tell us a fun fact or fun story about Bob Cullen that we're not aware of? <laughs> oh, there's too many. Oh, there's too many. Uh, it's just these little, like, comments that he'll say, like, and especially during the wrong time, we'll just look at him and be like, Coach Bob, like, you can't say that sometimes. <laughs> but there's just too many to say. Okay, so what does he say to you, like, between innings or if he comes out to the mound, what kind of conversations does he have? Sometimes those are serious, a little more on the serious side. Uh, usually he'll only come out to me when I'm either not doing so well, there's high tensions. But I remember last year against Fullerton, uh, you know, there are a lot of talks going back and forth, mainly on Fullerton's side. But I remember he just, like, went out there and just reassured everybody, like, hey, you know, we can't really do anything about their talks right now and what they're saying about us. Just Mm-hmm. Play the game. And we all just looked at him and we're like, that's very inspirational, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> is, is, is sometimes when when Bob talks to you, you go like, what did he just say? I, I can't understand him. Some, he has that <laughs> accent. And. Sometimes. Rihanna. And. <laughs> has Bob ever come out like in the Fullerton game? Does he come out and go, hey, Bree, beaner. <laughs> <laughs> no. He doesn't do that, does he? No. Very, all right. He is very... Um, high on not hitting people, so when I did beam that girl, it was kind of a like, whoa, like, did you do it on purpose? Did like what happened? Like very concerned, and I just had to tell him like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. It slipped. This is what happened. This is the pitch I was supposed to throw. It was supposed uh, to be a curveball inside. It definitely went inside. I'll tell you that. Uh, you are but, a you gem. Know, you are inside. awesome. Brianna, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll, we'll we'll dial you up again later on in the season. Thank you. Thank you, and good luck. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, there she is. She's the star pitcher of the Rainbow Wahine, and they got a lot of good pitchers. Yes. 1.54 ERA, 5-2 and two so far on this season. So they got the uh, five-day Hawaii Spring Fling Tournament starting Thursday, tomorrow through Monday. So go on down there. There's no admission charge. Uh, Catch Niagara, Pacific, Santa Clara, St. Bonaventure, and Utah, by the way, who's receiving votes in the poll, uh, all against our Rainbow Wahine. Uh, Brianna appears via the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia, see ya in a Kia. Check your traffic and be right back with more on ESPN Honolulu. And we got more breaking news. Let's go to the news desk. Tanner Hayworth. So, yeah, now it's official. We've heard a lot about the Jalen Carter situation going on today with the uh, warrant for his arrest coming out. Jalen Carter has put out his statement uh, earlier, uh, probably only a couple, probably like uh, 20 minutes ago. He says, uh-huh. this morning I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15th, 2023. 
It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known, that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. You can tell he wrote that himself, huh, Gary? Oh, yeah. Well, he went and, to college for a couple of years, you know. And, and the fact that he's saying he's going to talk about inaccurate re- information, well, supposedly you gave three different versions of the story. So talking about inaccurate information, it seems like you were guilty of that as well. Wow, he's so harsh. Well, that, isn't that what was stated earlier? Well, he's not I, saying I that think... it was false. Chris, you could compliment me a little bit more on World Compliment Day with that, that little statement there. But isn't I that true, though? I think you're handsome, and you have a wonderful <laughs> T-shirt. I told you that today. Oh, okay. I only get one compliment, I guess. That's better than I usually get. No, I said that... you have a nice T-shirt, and you're handsome. That's two compliments. Okay, that's a record. And you're not, I should say, you're not that ugly. <laughs> See, that's a compliment. Anyway, yeah. going back to the story yeah. is, um, you know, I've decided to go back. If there are warrants, arrest warrants in your name, don't you have to go back? Yeah, really. Very well worded and, like, you know, I've for his defense. I've decided to go back. Yes. If you break it down, it makes him look innocent, like he's willing to cooperate and doing everything well, right. Well, he is willing to cooperate because if you don't, you're going to go to jail. Right. He, well, it doesn't, it, it's not, that part is not mentioned or even hinted at. So and this you, is a misdemeanor. It's not a felony. So all of a sudden now, we are talking about, well, what teams, how far is he going to drop, all of that. Talking about the Alabama baseball play, uh, basketball player Brandon who delivered Miller. the gun in the murder. And this is a misdemeanor. So his drop stock, doesn't, it's not a felony. And you know the difference. You, you've, you know, you're well, you tell me about it all the time from your recent history. <laughs> he got me. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, just the fact that what we saw, again, you bring up Henry Ruggs earlier, and, I, you know, it's got to be fresh on people's mind. Just fact that somebody died and even though he wasn't directly involved it is a bad look and i can understand i can i think what's going to happen is the nfl teams are going to want to talk to him and get his version and feel him out on how he responds to that and then maybe take it from there but it could cost him a little bit you got to think twice about him now if you know again if he drops to 23 which it won't happen of course you know maybe you take him he's a steal but you still got to think yeah. twice about him. As of right now, things could change. Right now, he, he even with his statement that makes him look a lot better than what we read earlier or heard earlier today. You got to be thinking twice if you're an NFL team. Because there's other guys out there that are good too. Again, Will Anderson is an example. Different player, but yeah. But a highly touted defensive player could be a difference maker on your NFL team in the top five of the trap. So, again, I think that's what's going to happen next. And, again, maybe in time it'll look better for him. Maybe there'll be some things that come out. Because, again, it's he said, she said in a way right now. But you kind of trust the police and what they're saying. And they're not even – they're just painting out well, that Well, they were the ones that were covering it up. But they were the ones that were covering it all up. Weren't they? Well, well they don't have the exact information then until the Atlanta Journal-Constitution came out with a little bit more. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he changed his story allegedly three times – that is on him, if that is, in fact, true. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't the NFL Combine. Uh, so tomorrow, uh, the NFL Combine is underway. So they're doing the measurings and interviews and things like that now. The actual uh, physical action at the Combine starts tomorrow with defensive linemen and linebackers, right? They're going to do all their drills and okay. stuff. So he's obviously not going to be – he wasn't going to work out anyway. But he was going to go to be interviewed. So now he gets to escape the interview portion of it. 
And uh, like you said earlier, teams are going to want to speak to him. So I guess you just do that at Pro Day or you do it individually, uh, the top teams inviting you on to their facilities to, you know, to, to do that stuff. Right, and that that'll help determine his future. And you know, I, I hope he is kind of innocent. You don't want to see anybody involved in something like this. But we know the facts, and the facts are that somebody lost their lives going really fast. Why were they going that fast? I mean, it makes sense that in a way that it could have been racing, uh, and that that you know, right. The, the, One car was going a hundred over a hundred miles an hour. The young lady who was driving the car, who he was allegedly racing, was drunk. I imagine uh, she wasn't the only person who was imbibing that night. Yeah. And so maybe that's why he lied. To, I don't know. I, and he, anyway, it's uh, one of those situations, and, it all you know, this stuff always seems to come out right before the draft. Well, partly because the, it was January 15th when the accident took place, the day of the celebration for Georgia. So it is before, well, and it's not right before the draft. I think you, sometimes you'll get even worse information, you know, in the days and weeks right before late April. Yeah. Hey, uh, check this out. The, um, the Pirates and the Orioles were playing <laughs> in a spring game. Do you know what this is about? Yeah. So the Pittsburgh Pirates and Baltimore Orioles, they love baseball so much. So... The Pirates technically won this uh, spring training game. They still finished playing the entire ninth inning after the umpires left the field. There were no stats, no pitch clock. They didn't keep score. It was just pure baseball. The games don't count, but uh, somewhere a bunch of uh, sentimental dads are having a nice good cry. I don't understand why Why the umpires left the game. Well, because this is how this is what it came out to. The game was over in the top of the ninth inning. The Orioles were out. They lost, I believe, seven to four. The managers got together, and apparently, this has happened previously in exhibition games. If the managers want to work on things, they were told by MLB you can play an extra inning or a half inning because it doesn't count. They went to the umpires and let them know that the umpires declined. They said, well, we're not going to be here, so they left. Now, one headline I saw said the umpires didn't know the game was over, which was so bizarre, but that's not the case. That is fake news. They the, just didn't want to stay to the bottom of the ninth inning because the game was technically over. The catcher called balls and strikes in that situation. And apparently, this, <laughs> I know that's funny. There, apparently, there were, this has happened before. So they're on an honor system. It's yeah, happened yeah. before, but the umpires stayed before, didn't they? The, there been, yeah, there been, yeah, exactly. There have been times when you, the game should be over, but the managers will agree to work. Work on certain situations and having and your MLB allows it where you can keep playing for an. See that makes sense, but yeah. the umpires are like, "No, we got a dinner reservation." Sorry, guys. I mean, stay and help the kids out. Come on, it's half an inning. Yeah, no, I know it sounds bizarre, but again, that one headline was so misleading. I forget where I saw it uh, that they they forgot they didn't realize the game was over. Then I had to read onto it. Just, uh, that's one reason I read the article on that one because how could they do that? How could they not know? Uh, but it is. It's, I mean, then you wonder maybe it's an invitation to have robot umpires if they're not going to stick around and you can play. <laughs> hey, let's make it permanent. All right, but, uh, all right. We, it looks like we got some uh, breaking news. In uh, Big West basketball, we'll get into that coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. Parents, check it out. Disney Junior live on tour. It's coming to the Blaisdell Concert Hall March 17th through the 19th. Uh, all your kids' uh, Disney friends will be there. And this year, Marvel's Spidey and his amazing friends, too. Get your tickets. Ticketmaster.com.
Hey, we're the Sports Animals. Thank you for listening today. Chris Hart and Gary Dickman and uh, weather today. It's going to be windy and uh, we've got passing showers. That's what that's what's going on today and tomorrow. I think the wind, too, is going to stick around for the weekend. It should not. Uh, the rain should be letting uh, up a little bit, they say, but uh, we'll find out. Uh, before we went to the break, we've got some breaking news in Big West basketball, Gary. Yeah, you see San Diego apparently is canceling both of their games this week uh, because of COVID-related uh, issues. Obviously, it's still out there. One of the games they were scheduled to play was against Cal State Fullerton, and that could have some uh, effect with Hawaii and Fullerton being tied right now. Both teams are 12-6. and six. Fullerton only had one game scheduled this week against UC San Diego, so that's their final record. Uh, 12 and 6. And what we've heard with the teams that have lost games because of injuries or COVID or whatever, they're not made up. The final seedings would be based on winning percentage. Fullerton at 12 and 6 is stuck, if you want to use that word, at 667 winning percentage. Hawaii is the same number right now at 12 and 6. Hawaii has two games, of course. If Hawaii wins both games this week, of course, they'll finish ahead of Fullerton. If they lose both games this week, they'll finish behind Fullerton. If they split, 13 and 7 is their final record from 12 and 6. They're both six games over 500. However, the uh, the winning percentage of Fullerton at 667 would then be higher than Hawaii's at 650, which would put Hawaii behind Fullerton in the standing. Now, it could be fourth and fifth. That won't matter because you play each other in the first round of the tournament in the quarterfinals next week. UC Davis is only a game and a half in back of Hawaii. So technically, if Hawaii loses both games this week, Davis could surpass them in the standing. Now, UC Davis this so week. So where would we be if we lose two games? Well, if, if Dave, well, Davis plays Long Beach State on Saturday at home. Uh, tomorrow night, it looks like UC Davis plays Santa Barbara at home. If, let's say, UC Davis wins both and Hawaii loses both, Hawaii would be the sixth seed. Wow. Because Fullerton will finish ahead of them. I mean, and it's Davis crazy ahead of them. because we, with some help, we could technically be in first place. We could. You have to go 2-0 wow. and oh and get some help. This is totally cray-cray. Totally. And it's unfortunate uh, it's that the fun. game. It's well, fun, actually. You'd rather have it be determined on the court than with games being canceled. Well, yeah. So yeah. that's why it makes it even crazier. But, again, it could affect Hawaii's place in the standing because Santa, I mean, at Fullerton, uh, we know where they're going to finish already as of today. So we have a clear picture for them. Oh. And they if had a Hawaii- good season. They had a good season. I understand they're going to have a Stevie Wonder concert uh, in celebration <laughs> over there in Fullerton. And, no, they had a good season. Good for them. So, again, Hawaii uh, will have those two games, which makes it really critical. Again, I don't think Davis at home would beat Santa Barbara, but they could. Santa Barbara struggled, and it's a home game for Davis. Yeah. And then you got Long Beach State. Right, because it's basketball. You never know who's going to be in foul trouble or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're both home games for Davis. Uh-huh. So if Hawaii wins one, they finish ahead of Davis. Well, you, the crazy thing about this is you could say the hottest team in Big West basketball on the guys' side on the men's side, was Cal State Fullerton. They were 6-6. Six and six. Three weeks ago, they were 6-6. Six and six. Now they're 12-6. and six. You know, they were a seventh seed or whatever in the tournament. And they were hot. Right. If you're Fullerton, you're not taking this as, hey, we get, the, you know, we get this time off. Because now you, you're going to have a lot of time. You lose the momentum. Bef- 
Right. You lose momentum uh, before going into the uh, tournament. So this isn't a good thing for Cal State Fullerton. No, no, not at all. And for, again, for Hawaii, if they can beat CSUN tomorrow, regardless of what UC Davis does, they'll finish ahead of Davis in the standing. They could finish no worse than fifth. Yeah. If they win tomorrow, they can finish no worse than fifth. Mm-hmm. So it is an important game, even though Santa Barbara obviously important on Saturday. You win tomorrow, you're going to be again. You you might. I still think it's going to be Fullerton in the first round. I have a feeling Hawaii is going to finish fourth or fifth. Uh, but if they win tomorrow, they will be tied with either Riverside or Irvine because they play each other. They're only a game ahead of Hawaii. They're tied mm-hmm. right now. Hawaii will be tied with the loser of that game. All right, all these scenarios are making my head spin. i got to look at it in writing. But uh, anyway, uh, we're about done here, but i got some sports shorts. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals, there's been trade rumors about the Bengals trading T. Higgins. I don't know why they would do that. Right. But uh, the, the, what is it, the GM? The GM of the, uh, of the um, I guess he's a, a team executive, Duke Tobin. This is his quote, because everyone's you know everyone wants T Higgins on their team. So he's like, "Hey, if they want a receiver, go find your own." Yeah. Hey, it's like Kelly Boy at uh, at, at Windward Ford. Hey, get your own Ford. <laughs> that's what that's what Tobin said. Hey, get your own receiver. This is our guy. Stop it. Uh, the Seahawks look like they may be considering drafting a quarterback, even though they've had all this great talk about Geno Smith. Makes sense to me. It makes sense, and they're not they're not very confident from what I read about the p- prospects of signing him to an extension or a new contract. He's a free agent. Oh. So uh, th- th- I guess he's going to want a bundle to cash in on his great year. Sure. Uh, so at least initially they're not as confident they would hope to be. We'll see how that plays out, of course. He's right? not That's the, why it makes yeah. more sense. And he's not the youngest guy in the world either. At this, I mean, he's, he's, what, about 32 years old or something like that. I'm thinking uh, you go where a lot of people in their mid-30s go to end their careers. The Jets. Oh, they're going to say the it would, it would, yeah. it would be the Mets, but he doesn't play baseball, so he would go go back to the Jets. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, it would be, except he'll probably stick it up like most players will go to the Jets do. <laughs> but he's going to want. He's probably going. Let's say he's going to want thirty-five million. Let's say he had one really good year, one really good year, and he's going to want to cash in. You can't blame him. But is Seattle yeah. going to give him thirty-five million a year for five years? Is that what he Might wants? Might not be wise. Oh, you would think so, wouldn't you? Daniel Jones wants forty-five million after one good year. Wouldn't no. you think Geno Smith's going to want thirty-five million? I guess. I, 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 yeah, I guess. You know, we mentioned this too uh, before we go, and we'll see what happens. There's a panel in the NCAA. They're looking for shorter football games, right? The average college football game is three hours and twenty-one minutes. And you'll see that uh, a lot of college football fans, they're, they're, they're trying to get younger fans, just like Major League Baseball and every, you know, every sport. They're trying to grow their sport by getting more fans. So we'll have t- a chance to get more into it. We didn't get too into it today uh, on tomorrow's show, but some of these uh, rules that they're looking at actually make a lot of sense to me. And you can research that online uh, if you want to check it out, because now I'm told we have to go. But uh, we'll get more into that uh, tomorrow. And also on tomorrow's show, we'll come up with our own rules on how to uh, make college football faster. Yeah. Running clock. That's <laughs> just running clock the whole time. One hour, Mercy you're rule. done. It's like, like college basketball, two hours. It's perfect. 
Make yeah, every sporting yeah. event to just have a time yeah. limit. There's no quarter. Yeah. It's a running clock for two hours and keep going. Last man standing. And then it'll be like soccer. You're like, oh, the game's over. No, it's not. We have a stoppage <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Right. All right, we got to go. See you tomorrow. ESPN Honolulu.